This space was downloaded via spacesdown.com. Visit to download your spaces today. Welcome to the weekly Colts Fan Cole Show. I am your host, Colts Fan Cole, and today is hopefully the last day we have to talk about the Jonathan Taylor trade drama. But here we are today. Two teams interested. Dolphins confirmed offer. Bears confirmed interest. Philly is the other unconfirmed rumor to have interest. And Jonathan Taylor. We'll get to all that and much more, including starters playing in Philly, the final 53-man roster, who's got the most to prove in Philadelphia preseason game three, training camp fights, former Colts kicker drama, and of course, got to talk about the new additions to the team. Just a reminder, the format of the show is 20 minutes of me followed by one-on-ones. Anybody can request in, get a one-on-one with me, talk anything your heart desires about the Indianapolis Colts, and then group discussion. Who knows, the Jonathan Taylor news might break in this segment, and we'll talk all about it, but first I am sponsored by Anita B. Beauty LLC. She just wrapped up some fine line tattoos today. Go get yours just a half hour northwest of Indianapolis in Lebanon, Indiana. Say Colts fan Cole sent you for $5 off your next tattoo. 
So, I mean, if we must recap the Jonathan Taylor saga, um, it's all anybody wants to talk about because it is absolutely flooding the local national media, and I am really hoping this is the last show we have to talk about it. Um, he's a good player for us. I still hope he stays. I completely understand fans telling him he should kick rocks. He really put a bad taste in a lot of fans' mouths over money that he probably won't get elsewhere. So, very confusing. The whole strategy pisses us off that the national media is dunking on us, quote-unquote, even though I see the same 13-year-old retread jokes about Colts football when it comes to Jonathan Taylor. But, bottom line, above it all, we don't know what that ankle's doing. Uh... I tweeted it, I think, today. I'm not so sure if we agree to a trade, he passes another team's physical. I am seeing some discourse, and I try and keep an open mind when it comes to everything. My understanding, though, is that it wouldn't make enough sense for the team to keep him on the pup list. Obviously, it would be in the team's interest to take him off the pup list, and that affects his leverage. Long story short, Colts have the leverage. Jonathan Taylor does not. We would probably take a second-round pick um, and some change from what I gather. I know uh, word got out to Holder and Chapel that it's a first, but that's just negotiation tactic. Um, and that's where we're at. So he was given permission to seek a trade since we last talked with the uh, since we last talked at the halftime of the preseason game where. Ursay had nothing but nice things to say about JT. Um, a little bit of a, a tone-ish switch than what he talked about at Grand Park after they had the bus about, you know, the NFL moves on uh, kind of thing. Even though, side note, side note, Andy Reid said that about Chris Jones today, the stud defensive end for the Kansas City Chiefs. But, of course, it's not getting that type of national media ire because Jim Ursay and the Colts are an easy target. Up yours, Will Brinson, but I digress. But I really, I do wish it were different. Um, I really do. But why would we bid against ourselves? It, it sucks, uh, but take it up with the NFLPA. You know, running backs kind of get screwed, rookie running backs, because they don't make enough money um, for what their workload is because they're out of the league in six, seven years. So it's not our fault as fans to get upset with Jonathan Taylor. And again, I get the defenders. I still am holding out hope. You can call me dumb. Again, requesting the one-on-ones. We'll get to it at 8.50, 8.55. Call me dumb there. I still want to see him play in this offense. I'm just intrigued. I want to win games. I'm a fan. Jonathan Taylor helps us win games. But when I overperform my job duties, I don't get an immediate pay raise. That's what's pissing off fans. You know, if it were me, I'd give him a few more million to smooth things over for this year. But at the end of the day, it's a business run by businessmen who don't do business that way because it's bad business. It sucks. It sucks to see your favorite player go to a lot of young fans, a lot of current fans. A lot of fans have their jersey. But I just don't get the end game from him or his team, his agent, his infamous agent at this point. And 
I'm still holding out hope he'll play for us. I think it'll be on a failed physical trade to another team if I were a betting man, just because of how crazy this saga's been. But we'll see. Again, Dolphins, Bears, uh, supposedly Eagles from an untrustworthy source are the main ones involved. Send us a second rounder, and sure. And then let's just hope he can pass his physical, and if not, this was all for naught. And a real bag fumble, JT, because... You picking Shaquille's Leonard's agent doesn't mean you'll have the same outcome. Um, maybe this was part of the plan in picking his new agent a few months ago. He, JT, hid replies to his tweets talking about how he said he's going to fulfill the four-year contract. And again, I get it from JT's standpoint. He's a borderline all-pro when healthy, but he's not healthy right now. He's jaded that the Colts didn't offer him uh, an extension before the Steichen hire or during this, you know, offseason. And that's kind of understandable, but time's running out. And Tuesday, we'll find out. We'll either have a breaking news on Colts Twitter space that he got traded or um, we'll talk about it on the on the next day that he's with the team and he's going to either suit up or have to miss the first four games on the physically unable to perform list. So he would, if he's still with the Colts and not medically cleared, he will miss the first four games regardless. And then you get into the conversation of, is it actually a non-football injury or not? Um, did it? Did anything occur at the off-season Arizona training site where there were supposed rumors here at his back? That was one of JT's two, three social media posts now um, since uh, this whole spat. I don't know. But um, but anyway, that's, uh, that's the latest. I have been wrong at every prediction, so don't listen to me. But I legit think it's not over with JT and Indy. I still don't. You can call me crazy. I'm trying to be as realistic as possible, even though I'm optimistic and think we win more games with him on the team. But uh, I think a trade gets voided. I think we agree to a trade. It gets voided because of his ankle. I don't. I I just don't understand why he would be on the injury list um, going into all this. Like it just appears he has no leverage, and to push the envelope like this is just bad business again we talked about it but bad business so hopefully it works out uh for the colts i mean i root for the colts at the end of the day good jt I had plenty of time rooting for him if he's gone he's but um i'm hoping he comes back definitely for uh wins sake for sure but let's please and i'm sure the one-on-one -on -one discussions will have plenty more so please um, request to tell me that I'm wrong here, uh, here in about eight to ten minutes. But a couple more topics, Colts oriented. We do have a game tomorrow. Uh, starters are playing. Anthony Richardson, you'll see him. Um, talked about it at my halftime show, the last preseason game. But I was fine with him sitting out. I know a lot of fans weren't spilt milk at this point. Uh, we already all forgot it because of the JT saga, but Anthony Richardson will start, and I'm curious to see what offensive linemen start with him. Uh, I'm mostly curious to see 
how he'll run the shell offense. Like you're running basic vanilla offense. Hopefully no, t excuse me. Hopefully no turnovers. You know, get the ball out quick. Um, and if not, make a play. Show your special. Get him out there in, in two, three drives. Um, so, again, uh, really looking forward to seeing the starters out there. And that's on Amazon Prime, I believe, at 8 o'clock tomorrow. Not sure about local channels yet um, if you don't subscribe to Amazon Prime. But I think at this point, damn near everyone does. What else am I looking for in the Colts preseason game? Um the wide receiver battle, obviously, uh, uh, Perriman and Strawn are now wide receivers four and five on the depth chart, the Philadelphia Eagle uh, preseason game depth chart. So that doesn't make much sense to me. I feel like one of them is the odd man out because they have similar body types, similar skill sets. Um, Strawn definitely a little more bigger bodied athlete, uh, but Burchard Perriman, been in the league, first rounder, elite speed. Um, not, can't really say catching-wise. Uh, both have had big moments in practices as well as the preseason games. So, uh, well, more so strong. Uh, I don't think Perriman's had too big of uh, plays during season game, but we'll see. So, again, they're wide receiver five and six. That might lead me to believe we're going to keep an extra tight end and go four tight ends. Uh, so it's really dependent on Mo. So he's another one of the players that has the most to prove headed into this preseason game. He got healthy. Um, he, he's been out, uh, I think, a week plus, maybe two weeks. Uh, so so he's proving, you know, not cut the veteran. He's been on cut watch literally all off offseason. Uh, so curious how he responds. And, again, I met him in person at a local Kroger. So rooting for Mo, but I think we'd keep four tight ends and maybe go five wide receivers and then have another DB. It depends how much we value special teams, but if we keep six wide receivers, I think we'd pick between Perriman and Strawn, and then wide receiver five, which was the dueling role, would be uh, Winfrey, uh, wide receiver um, who's had who's had some uh, a lot of special team snaps, caught the touchdown last preseason game from Minshew. Moving on again, uh, thank you for requesting. I see a few requests in here. Uh, give me about five, ten minutes. Let's run through these other topics, really set the floor uh, for the discussion. I know, I know, shout out Eli. He's chomping at the bit. He's got, he's got a heck of a trade package, so stick around for that. Thanks for everybody for tuning in. We got training camp fights. Uh, Derek Barnett started it. National media will tell you Jason Kelsey... Uh, ran to the saving grace of Kenneth Gainwell, who was cheap-shotted by Zaire Franklin. Clutch your pearls a little bit more, assholes. I love the underdog role of the Indianapolis Colts. I am so sick and tired of everybody clowning on Ursay, clowning on our quarterback situation. I'm so glad we at least rip off the Band-Aid and have a new quarterback new coach to look forward to, and maybe a new superstar because maybe Jonathan Taylor's not on the roster. But I'm, I'm so tired of everybody turning it against the lowly Colts. Like, we had some good moments in that practice. But, of course, Philly, scum, national press has to get their Super Bowl runner-up team that we took their offensive coordinator. Never forget that. So, 
I guess we can't be that bad if we're smart enough to hire their own guy. And, oh yeah, by the way, they hired their head coach from our o OC role in Nick Sirianni. That fucker. Try not to try not to cuss as much on here, but anyway, the the Gainwell quote unquote big hit followed by the Kelsey cheap shot was not the whole story. Derek Barnett, defensive end, punched at Anthony Richardson's arm, causing a fight right before that. Like, do you think that had a little bit to do with it? I know all these national media reporters love baseball because all boring old men do. I like baseball, so, you know, can't really say too much. Go Cubs, go. But if you beam a player, you're going to get beamed. Maybe it wasn't at the forefront of Zaire Franklin's mind to decleat Kenneth Gainwell, little scat back from Philly. Maybe it wasn't at the top of his mind. But maybe it was in the back of his mind when he saw our own quarterback get punched at. Sure, it's the ball. Sure, it's a football play. But you're wearing the red jersey. Don't touch our guy. We won't touch yours. We'll retaliate, and we'll retaliate more honorably or by hitting the running back and not hitting Jalen Hurts. Which I think would be obtuse because, you know, quarterbacks, it's where the money's made. But So, good training camp fights. Easy, easily, easiest prediction of all time that there'd be uh, some training camp fights. So, good to see it. Uh, good to see the boys just mix it up with people that are closely aligned with uh, coaching staffs as well. So, I, I like to see the fight. You know, people clutch their pearls. Frank Reich sure as hell did. We don't, there's not, there's not any room for that in the game. Like, you've been hitting each other all camp. You're about to play each other in the preseason. It's pretty, pretty big mono -y mono. Your best against their best. It was ones versus ones. Like, shit's going to go down. And I'm glad it did. And I'm glad we hung in there. And I'm glad we retaliated when our guy was hit. So, not, not the biggest story, but go figure. Just, uh, just annoying. Oh, and, and Dio Odangbo called Jason Kelsey a bitch. 62's a bitch. So, love that. Uh, don't listen to his podcast. Who cares? Um, brief, a uh, few more things before one-on-ones. It is a uh, funny, funny uh, how the world spins. Uh, Rodrigo Blankenship lost a kicker battle to Chase McLaughlin. So um, pretty wild to think about. I guess we have to talk about it because I brought it up. But Rodrigo obviously missed the Buffalo playoffs field goal I think we would have won the game I think we were a fingertip away from Rivers getting that ball to Pittman uh from from shocking the world and winning that playoff game man would that have been sweet but oh well um and I thought if a move were to be made in the off season, it would have been from Rivers uh or from Rodrigo missing the kick in the playoffs not week one, but he did, and then McLaughlin um, quickly came in afterward. So, funny, just, I don't know, good factoid that McLaughlin beat out Rodrigo Blankenship, so very odd to see him wear number 15 in a Tampa Bay Bucks uniform, but I guess we took their kicker, they took both of ours, um, so I, I think we won that trade, uh, although some who watch our free agency dollars closely think otherwise. Mike Woodson banged the anvil. Sick. Uh, go Hoosiers. Uh, that's pretty much all I got on that. They gave him number 42. Uh, his 
college jersey number and a Colts uniform. Love that. Uh, Lolita died, uh, the whale, um, orca type of dolphin, technically, uh, that, that Jim Irsay was going to pay $25 million to put a tank below a helicopter and put the whale in and then fly it to Seattle, I think, or Washington to let it be free. So, yeah, you know, you tell, you, it's, it's kind of like, I mean, I'll say it. I mean, we're all friends here. It's like it's like the 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 coaches at the end of the the like Bobby Bowden, Joe Paterno. They soon died after they quit coaching. Like Lolita, yeah, I'm sure she would have loved, in theory, to be quote unquote free. But when you're taken out of the area you've known, especially this since like I think she was there since 1980. You know, you're gonna get a little nervous when people start poking you with shit and. There's rumors you're going to fly across the country in a makeshift uh, tank where I think I'd rather die in my uh, little sea uh, pod than uh, a, a risk falling out of the sky uh, on a community in, in northern Arizona or something. So, Rest in peace, Alita. Of course, you see the stupid jokes about, oh, well, you know, I guess Jim Irsay has the money to now pay Jonathan Taylor like those two things are correlated. They are not, although I did make the joke. All right, a couple more things here, and we'll get to one-on-one -on -one discussions, so please hit that request for one-on-one -on -one discussions. Go through some quick transactions. DJ Montgomery sign. Uh, he's a 2019 undrafted free agent out of Austin P. Started his career in Cleveland, had three receptions uh, for 36 yards with the Jets, was with Houston, most recently with the Michigan Panthers. Of the USFL, James Washington, 2018, second rounder out of Oklahoma State, very productive uh, with the Pittsburgh Steelers at 11 touchdowns, 1,600 yards. Um, played a few games in Dallas last season, and then uh, was with the New Orleans Saints camps uh, before coming to the Colts, and he had. He had some big plays um, in practice and in the game. A lot of people picking him to be wide receiver six, um, which is kind of surprising to me. But um, he's he's fully in the mix now. Tyler Adams, too, uh, the 2022 Butler Bulldog grad. Uh, so we had him uh, in early June, waived him, and then um, he's, he's back with the team. 39 receptions for nearly 700 yards and five touchdowns as a senior in Butler. And these moves were made because, uh, unfortunately, Jannard Avery goes on IR with a knee. He was a favorite to make uh, the team as a defensive end, so showed good things in camp um, with uh, with Tampa, too, uh, previously. And then Shaquille, uh, or, and then Ashton Doolin, uh, went on IR as well. I can't remember if we talked about that much, but that stinks, especially with special teams. But who knows what the de-emphasis, um, what that outcome would have been, although many people expected Doolin to make the team. And the only other injury news, which is uh, less severe, which thank goodness, um, Shaquille Leonard diagnosed with a concussion coming back soon. Uh, very final thoughts, and we'll get to one-on-ones. Again, please hit that request button if you would like to bring up any of these topics or a new topic of your own. Last few points. I'm tired of Marvin Harrison Jr. Um, if we draft him, great. If we don't, which we probably won't, 
wish he was with us, but he's not. Let's not talk about him this off season or this season. Like, for goodness sake, we have a whole football schedule to look forward to. Like, I don't want to get in this habit of rooting for losses or tanking to get better players. Like, I want to win every game. We watch football to win games. I get loaning for yesteryear. I get that Marvin Harrison and Reggie Wayne were just at Philly camp the other day. That's all great optics, but I don't want Marvin Harrison Jr. to be talked about because there's plenty of guys on this team who are capable of winning games to get us into the playoffs. I can't be convinced otherwise. may sound crazy, but let's not look to a draft. The draft's fun. It's cool, but it'd be a lot more fun if we go into it off a playoff win. That's for sure. Uh, Twitter's blocking. Yeah, I just wish um, I want Stephen Holder to unblock me or be forced to unblock me by Elon Musk. Very annoying to not be able to see his tweets when he's uh, been been breaking some of this news. So uh, I think he's soft. I think he's a coward. I'll try and not tweet at him if I get unblocked, but... Uh, what are you going to do? I think the main thing that pissed him off for me was we were going at it about the Jeff Saturday stuff. He basically just called him an ESPN reporter. Um, and no caveats at all that he was a high school coach, um, which, yes, does matter. Uh, some experience coaching. Or, you know, the guy who snapped the ball to Peyton for 15 years. That's kind of important, too. Um, but, yeah, I think what mostly pissed him off to block me was the uh, comment when I got Twitter blue uh, when it was fresh and new that, hey, our Colts opinions mean the same. No, he was not very happy with that. But look who has the check mark now, Stephen. Me. Uh, but anyway, hit that request button. And I am sponsored by Anita B Beauty LLC. One-on-ones will happen right now after I tell you about the unbelievable deal to get your three-inch fine line tattoos Starting at just $100, say Colts fan Cole sent you for $5 off at Anita B. Beauty LLC. I know mostly men listen to my sports content. Men, if you want handwriting, uh, she just did a uh, arm tattoo right on the bicep of a man's uh, grandma and grandpa's a, a note to him about how they're, how they're proud of him so she can do stuff like that. Uh, autographs. If you want Anthony Richardson to autograph you, she can do that as well. Any logos, horseshoe as always, just $50. So go check out Anita B. Beauty LLC. Google Anita B. Beauty LLC to see her Instagram and book on her website. So let's get to some one-on-ones. And he's been in here the whole time. He's been in here the whole time. The great Elijah who brought you the Jim Harbaugh. St. Elmo's meeting with Jim Ursay has a heck of a trade idea blockbuster for us. Eli, how you doing? And let's get into it. What do you what do you think the Colts should do in this hypothetical blockbuster trade you've been thinking about? Right, what's day? going on, Cole? Thanks for having me on as always. Can you guys can you guys hear me? Always, man. Yes, sir. I gotcha. Thanks for coming so, on. So um this issue this is a trade that I think would be absolutely fantastic. I think it makes sense financially it makes sense with the personnel involved um and it, it, it is a bit of a like best case scenario i'd love for this to happen i don't think it's going to especially now 
like literally before the show happened, we kind of know it's going to be Miami, maybe the bears, but you know, offers have been made. And I don't think I know at one point, Washington, it does involve Washington spoiler alert was pretty interested, but I don't think they are anymore. So this is just more of a, of a situation that I thought would, would occur or could occur now, not so much, but I think it's a good idea. And I do want to get it out. Um, and then after I kind of give this trade, I do want to kind of just give my final thoughts on the Jonathan Taylor saga, because I think we are finally coming to an end. Um, so I definitely kind of want to give my thoughts on that, but anyway, the trade. So it's a trade that involves a couple young players that either a need to prove themselves or B, have shown a lot of promise in the last few years. This is a trade that I had an idea of with Washington, and that would be Jonathan Taylor and Quiddy Pay, along with a third-round pick that can be conditional, will be sent to the Commanders for Brian Robinson Jr., a second-round pick that can be conditional on a second or third to for carries or for amount of snaps played by Brian Robinson Jr. himself, and Chase Young. Why I think this trade makes a lot of sense for both teams is that clearly Washington, after denying his fifth-year option, are definitely on wait-and-see mode with Chase. And I, I think the internals on that kind of shows that they probably aren't keen that he's going to come back at a, uh, at a high level, and maybe they just, they, they're not really too worried about him being on the roster in 2024. Um, also, Brian Robinson Jr., you know, a.k.a. 50 Cent, got shot. Ended up playing the year. That's a tough, tough-ass dude. Pardon my language. Solid running back out of Alabama. He would be a great centerpiece for a running back by committee, which I think if the Colts do move on from Jonathan Taylor, they are probably going to phase over into a sort of running back by committee. He'd be a beautiful centerpiece on that. Uh, Pay, I like Quiddy Pay. Uh, he's a young guy, and I think he's kind of on the edge of uh, sort of breaking out and being where everyone thought he was going to be. Um, but I think that you know, obviously them losing a defensive end with chase, we would kind of have to compensate for that. And I think Quiddy pay sending him over there definitely does compensate. They get Jonathan Taylor, a guy that they definitely had interest in and they get a guy who's young has sort of proven himself has shown that he can be more than a serviceable defensive end in the NFL. You know, something that's a, honestly probably in their eyes, a little more solid than chase young is, you know, this how I interpret them and how they feel about chase young. That is, while the Colts get a guy that if he were to get back to his original, you know, play before he was hurt, now have a defensive line that is looking like one of the scariest in the NFL. So I don't think this trade is going to happen. I thought maybe earlier today. Just to re- just to recap before you get back into it, can you tell us one more time? So Quiddy and JT to Washington for a third Young and Robinson, their running back. It's it would be so we we would have to do a pick swap. So we would we would send a third that is conditional on being a third or a fourth, depending on Jonathan Taylor's uh snap count. While we would be getting a second that's conditional on a second or third on a snap count condition with Brian Robinson Jr. So both teams are go- only gonna have to give up the uh closer, you know, the lower round draft pick if the player they trade for has a decent enough season to you know take the snap count. And we've done trades like that in the past. It's something the Colts are definitely uh, used to doing. Um, but like I said, this is more of a, a trade I think would benefit both teams. And I think the Colts would probably get a little bit of the better uh, end of that, but both teams get the player or both teams get a player that they desperately need a position. That they probably feel like they need to fill um, and some uh, draft capital. But like I said, with some of the news that's come out just very recently, I don't think this is, this is a lot less likely now than it was about eight hours ago or 12 hours ago when I came up with it in my head. Yeah. It's such a wild story, man. I mean, yeah, I guess to get to your trade, like at this point, I'm I still want to keep JT, mm-hmm. and I, I 
it's dumb of me to even say and think that, and I know it is because of just the the trajectory of the news that's ki- that keeps coming out about him. But um, as far as your trade goes, sure, like in in hypotheticals, like at this point, anything I think we basically get a mid to late second overall compensation for him, I'm fine with, and your trade does that, so uh, I'd be okay with it. Quiddy I'd like to keep, uh, personally, but again, like you alluded to, the likelihood is is unfortunately now less um, just because of the teams involved. Uh, to recap everyone, Dolphins have submitted an offer um, that's been reported by multiple sources. Bears have confirmed reported interest and the other team rumored is the Philadelphia Eagles, oddly enough. Um, but nothing too finite about that. But I think the whole thing boils back down to, is the ankle good enough to actually trade him? Like, if we trade him, are we just going to get him to come right back to Indy because their medical staff's going to be like, hey, his ankle's like toast. Like, And then what do we do? And then how bad does that make him look? How bad does that piss him off? Like... Even if it's not his fault that he's hurt, it is his fault that he got everybody's temperature so raised for it to be this point. So, uh, his agent too, uh, especially. But, I don't know. Uh, it, it's it's just so confusing of a story, and I've been wrong at predicting literally every part of it. I think, well, so, I you know, obviously as a Colts fan, I you think about this emotionally. You don't want to see one of your favorite players and, you know, a guy that at one point looked like the best running back in the league ever leave your team. And that does suck. Um, I think the reality of the situation is, is that he asked for way more than he was ever going to get. And I think that bruised the ego a little bit. And I think that's led to this whole socket, but I, I kind of want to look at it as Jonathan Taylor, the person, I think you have a guy who's young, he's impressionable. I think a guy who's maybe a little scared with some of his recent health issues, especially with the ankle, I don't think he is healthy at all. I don't think he is. And I think that him, you know, kind of big dicking and and getting the money was sort of uh, Hey, I don't know how much longer I have. Honestly, I don't know if I'll be playing football two, three years from now, I need to do what I can to make sure I can set myself and my family and future generations of my family up for success. And I think we're, that's what a lot of the attitude that's driving this entire thing. I think you've got a guy who's hurt. Maybe he felt like he came back a little too early. Maybe that led to some of the bitterness, but this is a guy who I think as of right now, and I don't, you know, and I'm, this is just me guessing, right? I, I've never talked to Jonathan Taylor. I don't know Jonathan Taylor personally, but I, I'm seeing some signs of a guy that is maybe just a little uncertain and maybe even a little scared of where he's going to, what he's going to be doing two, three years from now and wants to make sure that he can do good right by himself and his family before his football career comes to an end. We all know the NFL your career can end at any moment, especially for running backs. You know, at any moment, your ankle could just give out and never be the same, your leg, your knee, whatever. And that will severely impact your career and the money that you make. So I think John Taylor's not healthy. I know there. I know uh, teams can waive the idea, like the fact that if he doesn't pass a physical, they can still trade for him. I think there's a team out there that will do that. I think Miami would probably be willing to do so. Um, I think however this ends, I'm going to be content, honestly. Even if it's just a second or third round pick for Jonathan Taylor, I mean, that's literally a better than nothing. You know, we keep him. He decides, all right, fuck it, I'm going to play. I got to see what I can do. And he balls out, and then he gets his money, and I think that fixes a lot of problems, right? But I think Destin, uh, shout out Destin Adams, by the way, absolutely fantastic uh, Colts guy, Colts reporter, uh, definitely has a great head on his shoulders, was stating that, 
you know, his feeling is that the Colts are going to want to get this done before uh, roster cuts, mm-hmm. which I believe is Tuesday. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and the chance of this happening drops drastically if it's not done by then. And I think I'd have to agree. So I think or whenever the PUP cutoff is, that's when we're going to know whether Jonathan Taylor is a Colt or he's not. Now, if he stays a Colt, as in for the rest of the season, we have no idea. I have no idea if he'll be a Colt after this year. I think that depends on how he plays this season. I think he's in a, he's going to be in a position where the offense has weapons other than him. The defenses will not just be able to sell out and stop him every play like they were able to last year. And I think he's going to have being an opportunity that if he can stay healthy, he's going to, and he's truly the running back. We all think he is, or thought he was that he will have a season. That's going to be a lot closer to 2021 than it was last year. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree with everything you said. Um, we're pretty much aligned. Like it's, it's just come to the boiling point that, hey, it sucks. It really does. Excuse me, that you're not at a non-prompt position, but it's the reality of the situation. And look, man, you were fed a false bill of goods on how much money you're actually going to make. Like, you should have taken a look around and saw, this is unrealistic what I'm hoping for. Uh, if I get traded to another team, will I get extended before that year uh and how's my ankle actually doing like you you take sympathy with superstars not getting compensated just because of their position but at the same point this was such a fumbled experience like from him and his agent and i i just don't feel bad for him anymore uh and if if again we can get a second like probably best to be done with it and i wouldn't have said that even two weeks ago so it's a it's a fluid situation and um like you said man like it's it's hard to feel for the guy how he's just kind of turned on the fan base seemingly like this so uh good riddance if he's gone and if he stays let's give him 300 carries and freaking franchise tag him and really show him what we're what we're made of um i'm only kind of kidding but He's pissing off a lot of fans who go to work every day, do the right thing, outperform their ask, their job duties, and guess what? They're making the same salary until they move jobs. Like, it sucks. It's just part of it, and no smart business person is going to give them more money. Like, Ballard is as shrewd as they come with that type of stuff, and luckily, I'm glad he's on our side, and I'm glad he could probably maximize the pick compensation we would get for Jonathan Taylor, but I don't know. A lot of mixed feelings, and it's slowly but surely my uh, love for Jonathan Taylor is is dwindling, um, especially when he hides the comment on his uh, most recent tweet of uh, him him saying and and however long ago that he would fulfill his his four year contract. So that's that's just funny that he had to go in and manually hide that reply. I th- I think another thing that a lot of people are are that are losing in all this is that regardless of what happens. Uh, the Colts have control over his career for at least this season and the next two after. So, you know, if the Colts, you know, even if this year is kind of a, I guess, a wash year where, oh, he looked good, but we're still not able to comfortably give him money that he's going to be happy with. We'll just throw the tag on him. Right. And we'll do it next, do it again next year. So I, I think if he doesn't, I think if he doesn't get traded uh, before Tuesday, which I kind of think I'm leaning towards, he does get traded. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he's on the Colts for at least uh, this season and, and possibly next. Um, you know, I but it also wouldn't surprise me if he just has a bad year this year. 
like he just looks like he's not the same guy that the Colts just move on to. I would yeah. I wouldn't that wouldn't surprise me either. I mean, at this point, there's about a million different outcomes that could happen, and I couldn't tell you which one is the most likely. All all I know is is that I hope for the whatever situation puts the Colts uh, that elevates the Colts the most, which is probably Jonathan Taylor coming back and being the player he was and being in a RPO offense with Anthony Richardson. You know, obviously that would be the best case scenario, but I just don't think, I think we're farther away from that than we are close to it. So, you know, I've kind of, I've done all the predicting I can. I've thought about it enough, discussed with my friends enough, talked about it with, on your space and other people's spaces and the group chats enough. I think at this point I'm ready for A, to watch some uh, motherfucking Colts football. Yes, sir. Week one yes, with, sir. against the Jacksonville Jaguars, regardless of who's in that backfield. Hey, preseason week three, baby. Don't count on tomorrow. Yeah, and of course, roster spots get filled, baby. Juwan Winfrey, wide receiver six. Who knows, man? I don't know about you, but I'm I'm ready to watch Mister Mister August in the in the third and fourth quarter. Sam Ellinger, baby. Sammy Slinger. I thank God every day that the third quarterback (laughs) rule was implemented, so Sammy E can get on here. But uh, great to have you, Eli. Please stick around for group discussion. Uh, Do you have any final thoughts? And then we'll get to some other one-on-one. Um, last thing is, I think tomorrow determines if Mike Strawn is on the Colts or not. Hundred percent. That's tomorrow. He's gonna get. He's gonna get a lot of snaps probably in the third, fourth quarter, and he's gonna have to make a splash to keep on this roster. Obviously, the coaching staff thinks very highly of him, as we've seen him been on the roster for two, three seasons now. But I think this is this is time to shit or get it off the pot. Love it for Mike Strawn. Absolutely. Thank you, Eli. Great radio voice. Great insight. Always a pleasure. Please. Stick around for group discussion if you can. And I saw Blue Nation was next. And then I see Huyen, CJ, Betting. We'll, we'll get to all of you. Everybody speaks, so please uh, request a one-on-one if you want to get in the queue. Everybody will get a chance, and we'll go to group discussion, time permitting, after. Blue Nation, what do you got? Thanks for coming on. Um, anything other than the JT saga or as everybody i'm guessing you want to talk about the jt saga um i'm getting really getting sick and tired of the jt jt saga so i may end up passing on that me too man me too man what's up what do you what do you what are you feeling i really like the guy that, that could replace him in the backfield which is jake funk could probably could replace him after what i saw about his highlights last week yeah i mean gonna be tough um He's definitely in roster contention now, uh, especially. So when you show out in those, you should get rewarded. Um, and, and, you know, he looked good enough uh, to, to be a fringe roster guy for sure. Uh, I think I think the key, what it's going to come down to, is the numbers of how many wide receivers do we keep, how many tight ends we keep, because especially at tight end, it's a deeper group, um, depending on what we do with Mo. And then wide receiver, it's uh, the fit. Like, do we think Perriman and Strawn are kind of two similar players to keep them both? Like, or do we want to go with Winfrey, who has the more Doolin special teams type? Or do we want to keep another corner, uh, DB, like a like a Tony Brown um, uh, special teams guy? So, who knows? Uh, there's there's more de-emphasis on special teams this year with the new rules. So. That does open up the spot for a running back. I haven't uh, been most up-to-date with Jake Jake Funk's uh, special team playing ability, but I'm sure he's got some good punt pass protection or punt protection. Uh, Being a gunner, if he can do any of that, then 
that increases his odds. But yeah, I mean, scoring touchdowns in the NFL preseason does help. Like Sammy E got a got a what? What did he start? Four four games for us? Four or five games for it? Four games for us last year? Preseason does matter. When you show out, you should be able to get your chance in the league. So, um, yeah, so we'll see what he's got next week. And um, I, I don't, have think, I don't think he'd be about... the starter by any means, but I think he'd do. Uh, I think he'd do good. What about James Washington? You think he may end up making the roster after we signed him last week? So I don't, um, just because he hasn't been here super long, but it's an interesting thing for sure. Didn't do much in Dallas last year. Obviously, it was with New Orleans um, up until this point. Huge year uh, with Big Ben um, uh, three, four years ago. And uh, to me, I don't think they'd keep another receiver of that stature in this offense, I think they would rather keep a Perriman or Strawn at wide receiver 5-6, and then the other one being, and I, uh, I keep promoting Winfrey, but I think they're going to go with the special teams guy personally. Um, but because I think it'd Doolin's be interesting ACL, if... Because of Doolin's ACL tear? Yeah, yeah. Because they'd probably keep Brown for special teams purposes. Uh, the corner out of Alabama won a, nat- won a national title. Um, but I, I don't know. It, it's just tough to say, but personally, I've even heard Amani or Amari, uh, Rogers, the former third rounder in 2020 out of green Bay looking pretty good. So wide receiver five, six is really anyone's game. Yeah. But I think Armani Rogers has a problem with his fumbling issues I've seen in the past. Yeah, it could be, um, very well could be. Uh, I, I, I was at, I think, his second practice, uh, maybe first practice at Grand Park. Saw that training camp day, and he caught some big balls, like uh, some big go routes, um, undercut some receivers where the where the ball was underthrown a few times to him. Like, he can he can catch and ball. Um, obviously had a couple, a handful of preseason uh, grabs, but um, yeah, well... We'll see. A lot of a lot of good competition at the at the back end of the wide receiver spot. Alright, that's all I got. I'll stay in here for the one on ones. Yeah, yeah, thank Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Thank you, Blue Nation. Um long time caller in here. I'll remove you as speaker and then re request for the group discussion at the end. Uh, I think the order uh, was Huyan, Chris Jackson, Betting Monster, and Dusty Dumper. So we'll get to all of you. Uh, Huyan first, Chris Jackson in deck, and then Betting Monster in the hole and Dusty ICU. Huyan, thanks for coming back on, man. Uh, means a lot to to have you back on the space. What are you uh, What are you thinking? Um, anything about the game tomorrow? JT saga, uh, roster moves. What's on your mind? Oh yeah, a lot of things on my mind. Can you hear me right now? Yes, perfect, sir. Perfect. Perfect. Oh yeah. No. Um... I know everyone's tired about the JT, but this is what this is the situation we're dealing with right now. And the only thing I just want to say on the JT saga is I really do think he's going to get traded. I feel like there's uh, cohesion going on, collusion, I meant to say, collusion going on. And it's funny, if I saw some tweets about his agent talking about he'll love his agent to play for the, his favorite team, which happened to be the Miami Dolphins. And let's not forget, Miami Dolphins have been found guilty of this and didn't, I think they lost their first round pick this season with the Tom Brady situation in uh, 
Oh, tampering. Yep, yeah. tampering. Yep, yep. So I'm thinking there's. I think the fact that J because because the whole time one missing piece was how did JT go from April saying that he's willing to finish out, see out his contract, he signed, he added all this good boy stuff, and then turning you know rogue and and so that tells me they must know somebody's out there or they must have got tipped off. His agent must have got tipped off that there is someone willing to give the Colts what they want and JT. I hope I'm wrong, but I feel like that's the case. And it's funny how Miami's the first team to put up offer and everybody's and all the sources saying that Miami have offered the Colts a pick for JT. Uh, rather, is it is it what the Colts want? Who knows, you know? Maybe Ballard and Ursay just want to get rid of this and willing to probably come down, which I think is a whole, huge mistake. Anything less than either first pick or multiple picks, including the two, uh, is, is is a bad business. We shall see. But I do think, in my opinion, he does get traded. Uh, this come before before Tuesday or whatever the cutoff day is for the 53-man roster. Uh, but then if we focus to shift our attention to the game for tomorrow, I'm really excited. I'm excited that I can see AR Another half of AR. I'm hoping to see some improvement. I hope to God we destroy Philly. These punks are nothing but little bullies. They act like they own the place. And and I also agree with you about the media completely ignoring Anthony Richardson getting hit, but they're talking about gang wheel and this and that. Like it's the whole narrative kills me. But let me ask you a quick question, Cole. Do you think what what picks do you think that we would be like let's what, what what would if Balor accept the offer which one would you be mad about like what offer would you be mad that if Balor accepted oh i mean anything less that like a contender's third maybe um so where if you think the team like a miami third and that's it like even a miami third and sixth seventh uh i'd be pretty annoyed um but again, I still think one of the biggest hurdles that a few people are talking about is his ankle. Like, it makes no sense he's still on the pup list. Like, I don't really understand the rules about it, but from everything I gather, it's definitely the team would want him to pass that uh, physical to be on the roster to make trading him easier. And like, no, no problem. Like, He's fine, even though he would have to get checked out by the other team's physical or uh, 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 medical staff anyway. But I think that's the biggest hiccup. But realistically, um, anything like a like a straight up third, anything equal to or worse in value than that, I'd be like really like I guess he was kind of an annoyance to the team, and we just wanted him off the roster. Same but with every- Go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was just gonna say, say we trade him. Are you are you happy with the runner back committee that we have now, or should we trade it? Uh no, I'm I'm not I'm not happy. Um, I look, Dion Jackson, very good spell running back. Like Hall, I think he's gonna make some noise. I think you need another big time piece. Shout out to uh, <laughs> plugging Jake Funk, Blue Nation. Shout out you, but um, I I think we need a guy. I don't really want Kareem Hunt just because of. The annoyance of that storyline, like, oh, they traded off JT just to get a, a woman beater or whatever again. In the past, for Kareem Hunt, if we sign him, fine. But I really don't want that narrative. Uh, like uh, like Eli said, too, maybe getting a running back back in a trade would be nice. But 
do I think Deion Jackson can carry the load for a full season? No. Do I think him and Hall and another back could? Sure. Sure. Do I think that roster? No. Not particularly. Yeah. All right. I'll, I'll drop down. I'll wait for the discussion later on. Appreciate it. No, really, really appreciate it. And, uh, yeah, I, I really like your your narrative of um, JT, uh, the, the Miami tampering. Uh, I might have to run with that one for sure, Julian. So always creative thinking by Julian. Uh, always a pleasure to have you on, man. Uh, please stick around for the group discussion if you can. Um, we have uh, Chris Jackson next, and I see you betting Dusty and Ray Love. Uh, CJ, Colts fan, Chris Jackson, my man, are we through the drive through again today, or did we already eat dinner? Are we feeling good? Hi. I'll have you know I just got home, so we're good. All right. All right. All right. So I, it, so I think where one thing that's being lost in all this is the fact that Chris Ballard is actually playing this really, really well because no matter what you do or no matter what happens, that $16 million is not going to be met. And if it is, you risk being the one owner that was willing to go and just pay out that amount of money to somebody who was on the pup list, basically just going against the whole entire CBA and then going against all the rest of the owners who really are just treating this whole entire situation the exact same way. Like, it, you're, you're dealing with, you know, Ballard just basically saying, okay, well, go ahead, seek a trade, and then we'll see what they give. And then if they give us everything that we're looking for, then that's fine. Like, for me personally, if I'm Ballard, I'm saying you're going to send me a pick and you're going to send me a piece. Because if I'm giving up what you believe is the best offensive piece you could possibly have, then that means that you're going to be giving up something too. And if you're not giving that up, then you're not going to entertain it. We could talk about Miami all day. But the thing is, if I'm talking to Miami, and this is going to sound crazy, I said it before and then the Miami Dolphins fan base has been going insane ever since. I said, I don't see a trade. Like, for me personally, I don't see a trade where you send JT and you're not saying, I need Jalen Waddle back. That's just where I am. Because, I mean, if it's everybody has a problem with Michael Pittman, they say he's not number one. Jalen Waddle, literally, as a rookie, was by himself, went for over 1,000 yards his rookie season. I mean, I don't know exactly how number ones are judged, but as far as I'm concerned, you, like... Chris Ballard right now can set all the terms and Jonathan Taylor and great value DJ Khaled has to abide by it. The thing is JT doesn't have the leverage that he really believes he does. Yeah, you're exactly right. And I would love if Waddle Taylor straight up, I'd be all for it. Um, I, I don't think his compensation would be that high just because of, you know, Waddle's proven it as a, as a very good wide receiver. Um, but the Miami thing is interesting just because it has been the most talked about destination uh, like Julian was talking about. And um, if they can get to the compensation, though, the fact that there's two teams is great for Ballard and the Colts um, to get that second. And, and you're right. Like Ballard, you can say a lot about Ballard. And I've been a decent defender of him. Only called for his firing once or twice last year. That's very good compared to most. Um, he's played it right. Like, I don't know what more you could do with a elite running back who wants 
way more money than anybody gets besides the best pass catching back in the league in Christian McCaffrey and dealing with obviously buffoonery of an agent like we can see that from a mile away and a player who's not gonna you know who who has his back against the wall like again to defend JT like he's pretty screwed here like he's not gonna get his mega deal he's vilified in Indianapolis uh I I we a few weeks ago I'd say you know, unfairly, fairly, whichever, but now, more so fairly, and if you go to a new team, and you, uh, and you hurt your, um, hurt yourself, like, that's gonna be pretty much game over for your new contract, so, I think Indianapolis was his best destination all along, and bird in the hand, we two in the bush, man, and I think he might have squandered that. Uh, any other thoughts, uh, Chris, about the JT saga or anything you're looking forward to about the game, end of the roster, yeah. um, guys, you're hoping to make it? Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, the only other thing that I'm going to say is that I think it was kind of masterful that they did what they did with AR because I know that Colts fans were mad that they didn't get to see him in the preseason at the game. But I think it's actually pretty smart to play him against the, you know, the, the Eagles' first team because now, like, the Eagles' first team defense is probably going to be, like, the biggest test or the biggest, like, welcome to the league moment that he's going to face. And I really don't see any other team other than the 49ers, who we really don't even play this season, being that much of a, I'm going to say, being that, intense for him I mean yeah we play the AFC North this year we play NFC South that sounds fantastic but I mean with the Eagles you're going to see Jalen Carter you're going to see Jordan Davis you're potentially going to see Fletcher Cox and then you're going to see how that defense goes and this is the same defense that literally was I believe number one or top three throughout the year all last year so I'm very excited to see how he responds and I think after playing them really I think he's really going to be able to like get his really just like get his sea legs for lack of a better word but other than that thank you Cole appreciate you no always always appreciate you CJ um just to just to put a point on it you're exactly right about the quality of play um obviously going hard and then yesterday's practice not as much today um game tomorrow uh, will be interesting to see. Got some good looks against a very good team. Obviously, the team that just made the Super Bowl. Obviously, Steichen, too, can help him out. Um, thinking, at least assuming from a dumb fan perspective, my dumb fan perspective of, hey, we got your OC. We know what your defense is doing. Maybe we can scheme some few things to make you feel good uh, before the beginning part of the season. So that'll be interesting to see. And, uh, yeah, you... you you talked about him not starting last week again. Made sense with the uh, vigorousness of the Bears practice from what it sounded like. A lot of first-team reps. Um, and then there was kind of a Eberflus him, handshake, wink, nudge that the starters aren't playing. Let's not play him. Because of how we, hard we went in those two games. So good to see him starting tomorrow. Again, let's just get him comfortable, get him a few completions, take a few shots deep, and uh, go from there. Thank you, CJ Colts fan. Uh, he is the co-host of the Horseshoe Mob podcast. Go check him out. 
CJ Colts fan. Please stick around for the group discussion. We have, uh, I try and go in order here. Um, so we'll go to Dusty. Uh, we'll be quick with um, Dusty since he's a first time. And it looks like he's wearing a Cowboys hat, but he was next in the queue. So we'll go ahead and get Dusty on and then Ray Love, Colts for life. Hey, Dusty, uh, I believe this is your first time coming on. Uh, go ahead and hit unmute in the bottom left. Hey, Dusty hey, Dumper. Hey, how you doing? Hey, how's first it going? time caller. How you doing tonight? Yeah, good, good. Thanks for coming on. Oh, yeah, on. no Appreciate problem. Uh, Texas Longhorn here, class of 2009. I just had a, I had a right. quick question. Ellinger, baby. Yeah, yeah. Uh, hook them horns, baby. I, yeah, I, I just had a quick question for you. Uh, how do you feel about y'all's young quarterback, Anthony Richardson, uh, with his rap video that he made? Yeah. Yeah, I like it. I mean, I you can, you can um, look at my Twitter feed. Uh, I ranked all 13 of his solo rap songs. Uh, I think it's cool. I think it's a new era thing that... Yeah. Hey, these guys are going to express themselves. I listened, again, I ranked all 13 of his songs, so I listened intently to the lyrics, what they meant, and it wasn't, you know. It wasn't something again, that I, I'd want to be putting in these young kids' ears is all I'm trying to say. Okay, okay, Here, here's, here's my disagreement with that. A lot of the rap songs nowadays, sure, I, I'll agree with you, like NSFW for sure. And yes, he says colorful language in these rap songs. So if you're not prone to rap, you're not listening to rap, you'll just hear the words and be like, oh, that's cussing. That's, that's you know, uh, racial words I don't want to hear. But his message was different. His message was uplifting, was about his childhood, like things he had to overcome, how much, you know, he appreciated his mom, his dad not being around, spoken from the heart, how he wants to be better, you know, wants to become the great one, sees himself battling his own inner demons, fighting off things he was introduced to way too young as a kid. So to me, it's a way more positive message than uh, than a lot of rap yeah. music, and that's why I'm mostly okay. Okay, okay. I'm just hoping... All okay with it. I'll yeah, say right, right. Okay I'm just it. hoping that he's able to overcome these cover two, cover three defenses, because from the film that I've watched thus far, I mean, the kid's got an arm on him, but he's just not able to read defenses at this level of football. So, um... Yeah, again, I'm no tape guy. I'm a, I'm a fanalist. Like I'm optimistic about everything the Colts do for better. Right. Or worse. Obviously, obviously, times like this first, uh, the JT times. But I think too, when you get a rookie head coach, um, who who is a a man who has proven to help Justin Herbert succeed uh, right off the gate, who's helped proven uh, Jalen Hurts to get to a Super Bowl where there were way more questions about Jalen Hurts than there were Justin Herbert coming out of the draft. I think pairing him with a young athlete quarterback who can throw the ball 80 yards, run a 4-3, and place the ball well. Like, at the end of the day, it comes down to pocket movement, ball placement, if you have the right schemes. Um, so it may not be as much about reading defenses. It may be, hey, check it at the line, look at your play sheet, we're running this and Richardson runs it, and I'm okay with that. Like, uh, I think he's got more football IQ than people give him credit for, 
But even if he doesn't, I think Steichen can scheme around it and make it easy. Read one, read two, get out of there, run. Like if it's if we're three reads, we can be very successful with those three reads. So I'm not uh, I'm not super concerned about. Awesome! It. Thank you so much for letting me on the show, Cole. I'll I'll definitely be calling in again. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, really appreciate the yeah. follow, Dusty. Yeah. Um, that's Dusty Dumper. Thank you very much. Feel free to stick on uh, or stick around for the. Uh, group discussion. Thank you, Dusty. All right, uh, let's go to Ray Love and then Colts for Life, and then we may be ready for the uh, group discussion. So, Ray Love, how's it going? Um, we uh, we learned a little bit more about the JT saga today. Um, is is that what you want to talk about, or do you hey do you want to talk again about? Anthony Richardson's great rap music, man. I know we had a good discussion about that last week. <laughs> uh, how's it going, Cole? I'm sorry I missed the first eight minutes of, of you talking about yourself again. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> I, I, I got some things on my heart and on my mind, man. Um, Go off, man. And I, I pretty much called to talk about JT, but I called to rant about the, this national media and, and, and the things that I've been seeing on Twitter has just been, man, it, it, it's been crazy. Like, this whole narrative about with the... I've been watching um, a little ESPN, and I've been seeing why people kind of stray away from those ESPN shows because they spit out garbage. I'm just going to say it plainly. And um, I've been watching First Take, and I heard Stephen A. Smith say something that was just very idiotic. And um, w- what he said was he hates listening to Jim Ursay talk because Jim Ursay basically talks like a slave owner and how these players don't mean anything and how every time Ursay talks, his words sound slurred, basically implying that he's intoxicated and stuff. And I think that just... I'm just going to say it pisses me off, man, because I know people who, who who's dealt with addiction and stuff like that. And so just to continually throw something in their face after this has been what close to almost 10 years that this whole arrest thing, prescription pill thing happened. And it, it, it just pisses me off that people just keep bringing that up and up and up. Like even when they hired Jeff Saturday, um, who, who who was the guy from NFL Network? The the Browns. I can't remember his name, but he was the uh, Thomas. Just went to the Hall. Of yeah, Fame. and and he's talking about yeah, this is your drinking buddy, and you know, so so it, that, that those types of things just piss me off, man. And it's just crazy that people who are supposed to be professionals bring up things and throw shots, and you know. I learned a long time ago, you don't go to an insane asylum and laugh at the people and make fun of them that, that are, you know, they're dealing with issues. So, so, so why do it here? You know, and, and, and that's, that's a gripe that I had, but now just moving over to the football side of things, um, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of happy that we've gotten to this place with JT that we're finally exploring those options of getting him. I don't want to say getting him out of town, but looking down the road, because I feel like this and this is something that we need to realize is this team is pretty much the same. And why I say that is because you have to realize once you get a new coaching regime, a lot of things change and 
ultimately that results in some players changing as well. So I think this scheme that Steichen's going to run, it's not going to be more filtered towards JT. It's going to more be filtered towards Richardson, the pass game, the RPO, RPO action, and, and those types of things. And I know I, I keep bringing this up, but I go back to that first press conference after Steichen was hired, what JT said. He said, I'm going to be they, – they asked him, how do you see your role in this offense? And he said, I'm going to be watching Michael Pittman catch a lot of long touchdowns. And I kind of think that was telling that, that that was a thing that was brought up that he said. Um, and, and ultimately I think even without JT, don't get me wrong. I'm not, I'm not trying to down him and say he's not a great player, but I think with the backfield of, um, um, the running back who, uh, from Buffalo. Uh, uh, what is the guy's name? Uh, he's injured now. Oh. Um, I can't think of his name. Uh, Zach, Moss. Zach Moss. Zach Moss. I think with Zach Moss being a bruiser, he can get you those tough one or two yards. Um, Deion Jackson being a guy that can play on second and third down, um, come out the backfield and catch the ball. Um, he he can he can pick you up some yardage. He can he can he can go for about ten rushes, close to fifty yards, fifty sixty yards a game. I, I I'm a firm believer in Deion Jackson. I've watched him since Duke, so I, I'm I'm a believer in him. And with Evan Hall too being that third down back, I feel confident in the running back room that they can. I'm not going to say match the production of Jonathan Taylor, but they can. Um, I think they can be competent enough with that three-headed monster, how they did in Philly when they had all those backs rotating in and out of the game. Um, but I think this ultimately comes down to um, – I was listening to a local radio show here, the 107 The Fan, and they brought up an interesting point. They said that at one point, Jonathan Taylor, he was the superstar of this team. Jonathan Taylor, he was the hero of this team. When you looked for a play to be made, you looked at Jonathan Taylor. But since the drafting of Anthony Richardson, there has been a shift in focus taking off of Taylor and I don't I, kind of almost dimming his light a little per se and boosting up Anthony Richardson to look towards Anthony Richardson as being the superhero, the, the, the face of the Indianapolis Colts. So I think that's why you're getting that shift in, okay, we'll revisit your contract situation later down the road, JT. Right now, our focus is Anthony Richardson. We don't want to address the contract. We'll we'll figure it out at a later time instead of making JT the priority. And I think that rubbed him the wrong way. That's why he's in this big fuss situation where, okay, I want out and those types of things. But um, and, and just lastly, um, I think Chris Ballard is a – I don't want to say genius. I think he's good when it comes to no negotiations and he, he stays, stays firm and stays packed in, in, in what he wants. So I think we may not get a first pick first round pick, but I think it's a possibility. We may get a second round 
with with a little with with the bag of chips thrown in, so to speak. Um, and my last thing about about, about JT is, um, I think we need to take the Dolphins out of the equation. So two teams I've been looking at that I think we should possibly send him to. First off, let's send him out of the conference. <laughs> you don't want to send a great player like JT and keep him in conference. You, you don't want to do that and then potentially have to face him years down the line, let's say a playoff game, and it comes back to bite you in the tail. You want to send him out of the conference. And I was thinking about the Chicago Bears. They have cap room and cap space. Or the Minnesota Vikings. I think those are two teams that we ought to look at and and just kind of keep our eye on. Um, and, yeah, um, that's all I have. And go Colts and hope to see some of you guys September, September 10th. And I'm going to be out there in full force. And um, I'll be in touchdown town. And, uh, yeah, see you guys then. Heck yeah, Ray Love. Uh, yeah, covered a lot there. Um, hope to meet you in person for sure. Uh, always appreciate you coming on. Um, we'll go over a few uh, of your points and, and feel free to chime in uh, to, to correct me or, or, or uh, chit-chat about what you just talked about. But um, I think as far as the running back by committee, I would like a little bit more. A little bit more. Again, late in the game, maybe it's a waiver wire pickup after training camp cuts. That's probably why we're trying to figure out if we're going to trade him before training camp, if he's actually healthy, um, before, or sorry, before the, um, uh, arbitrary Tuesday cutoff date where they cut down to 53, not arbitrary, cut down to 53. Um, so I like Hall. Uh, I really like Hall. I like Jackson too. I think Jackson's a one, two down back. Um, I think Hall, you bring it on third downs. Moss, he's fine. Um, I like a little bit of an ump upgrade there from from Jackson and Moss. Have Jackson and Moss battle it out and have somebody else, whether it be a Kareem Hunt type or somebody who gets cut, uh, surprise cut from elsewhere. Uh, I need to go back and listen to the Stephen A. Uh, thing you were talking about that boils my blood. Um, I'm sure you accurately summed it up, but I'll have to you know see into that because that's very annoying. Uh, we do have breaking news right now that the Rams. Uh, have also expressed interest too. They have Cam Akers as well. Um, I don't know how many draft picks they have left after mortgaging it all for the Super Bowl, but the officially the Los Angeles Rams have just expressed interest, um, and that makes it the Bears' official interest. The uh, uh, Eagles was misreported by uh, Evan Massey. Go figure that uh, they showed interest, so no official Eagles interest and an official offer from the Dolphins from everything that I'm seeing. Uh, but yeah, I mean, to go back to your point, like JT, great talent. Um, what you would take a second and, and a bag of chips, that's about where I'm at too. Um, I hope to keep him. I hope he can pass his physical if he does uh, get traded, but I think there's a lot of question marks about that as well. So. But you're, you're exactly right in how you ended it, man. I'm ready for real football. I'm ready to get all this behind us. Anthony Richardson is the face of the franchise, and it's not JT anymore. And it, who knows if that was a small, small, small part of it, but we're building around the quarterback now. And 
it feels good to be back on that trajectory where you're uh, building around the most important position on your football team. But uh, some things get some things get left behind, and whether that be JT or not, we'll see. But I'm also happy, like you said, that we have Chris Ballard to uh, negotiate the trade. And Ballard's done a lot of good, bad things in the past. A lot of a lot not resulting in wins, but um, I do trust him when it comes to squeezing the uh, value of trading outward. So. Not bringing in I, trades. Sometimes he overpays when he brings in, but outwardly, I, I trust him. Go ahead, Ray Love. And I, I was going to say something about Ballard. I know you, you said earlier how you have been um, someone who said has said fire Chris Ballard previously. Only like we, only like the Patriot Week. Only like once in the Patriot Week. But I've said it. Yes, I've said it. Um. Okay, so here's my thing about that. And I I get a lot of fans like to point fingers, but I feel like we have to take a realistic approach. Chris Ballard brings in players who he feels and who he coordinates with the coaching staff who feels those are the best players for what they want to get accomplished. So he's not bringing in players he... Well, of course, he brings in players he likes and things like that. But here's my thing. People, why why, why do people want to fire Ballard? Um, because in my opinion, he's brought, he's put on the field good players to get the job done. But his biggest mistake was... Well, I'm not going to say his mistake, but the mistake of the franchise was when Andrew Luck had walked away. So this is how I judge Chris Ballard. He's had Phillip Rivers, Carson Wentz. I'm going to excuse him, excuse him from those other seasons because I think it's a toss up in the air because he, it was quarterbacks that his head coach wanted. So I feel like with this taking the swing of Anthony Richardson, now we can finally put Chris Ballard on that time clock to say, okay, you've had, you picked your quarterback and you've picked everyone else around him. Now his success is dependent on you. And so I think now we can finally start judging Chris Ballard. Um, Within I, this tender of Richardson, yeah, I would I would mostly agree with you, although the yeah, it's just tough because the whole Andrew Luck thing really not only screwed the franchise but Chris Ballard's like how you evaluate him because he'll always have that. And general managers, the best thing general manager, good general managers are at is retaining their job. So he can keep pointing to Ursay to that, like, hey, this put me behind, this put me behind. The Rivers thing, you're right. It was mostly Reich, but Rivers paid off for sure. And that was a good enough team built around him to make the playoffs and come within a fingertip catch of, of winning an away playoff game in the wild card. So that's a successful season. The question mark where I have it on good enough authority that 
we did want Rivers back, and Rivers retired on his own. But then, Ursay and Reich handpicked Wentz. Reich handpicked Wentz, went to Ursay to approve. They overruled Ballard. Um, again, if Ballard felt that strongly, he could have definitely vetoed, but I can see how it would be hard when the owner has the head coach's side. Um, but then after the Wentz experiment failed, the Ryan situation, like, Ballard had no plan to get another quarterback. Matt Ryan fell on his lap. I was not a fan of that move, um, particularly. I was way more of a fan. Hand up. Again, I'm always honest with you guys. I was way more of a fan of the Carson Wentz move. I thought it was way better. We should have kept him another year. Comparing um, the 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 other options, but then you know the Ryan thing happens, and now you're able to hit reset. If this team doesn't win four or five games this year, you gotta let Ballard go. I think he's safe regardless. Anything above four wins, he's probably safe. Next year, if you're not at nine wins and flirting with the playoffs, he's got to go. And that tells me he's going to get three years because I, I really see this team winning um, at least nine games next year, competing with the South for sure. I see him winning nine games this year, honestly, but people call me crazy for that, so we'll kick the can to 24-25. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it's hard to evaluate him, but his draft style has been consistent in picking the uber-athletes. And it's paid off some, but middle roster, it hasn't. And when our top guys go down, we haven't had any answer for that. So that's that's my biggest critique on Ballard. But I, I was 60-40 pro keeping him last year, so I'm glad he's here. I'm glad with all the decisions that were made. Um, but, yeah, this is like his second biggest make-or-break year to next year because I know he's going to get... Uh, two years from now. Ray Love, any uh, quick final thoughts? And uh, we got a few other requests uh, after you. Ray Love, really appreciate you coming on. Uh, any final thoughts? Yeah, just really quickly. Um, and I want you to kind of touch on this too, if you have time. Yeah. But I, I, I again, I've, I've said this in every space, everywhere I go to talk, I say this. I don't get the notion that. Um, the Colts are going to be this three-win, four-win team. Um, because uh, just based off of, okay, I get you got a rookie quarterback, but let let let's analyze this from this perspective. A lot of the games that you were in, the Tennessee, the game in Tennessee, a lot of these games you were in that were one-score games. Your offensive line was breaking down pretty badly, and you were getting. Third and 14, second and 12s, back to back to back. And you were still in one possession games, which tells me that those one possession games could have went either way, depending on one play here or one play there. So I, I, I just don't get that notion of the Colts are going to be in the top five of the draft and things like that. A lot of things went wrong last year, but I feel with a running quarterback, a quarterback that's mobile, let me not say running, but that's mobile, has a big arm, can make a big play. I, I have no reason to think why they can't go over six or seven wins. Just honestly. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, people call me crazy. I see nine wins uh, for this team. I really do. Veteran offensive line, as long as you can keep your young quarterback healthy, that's the name of the game. Good scheming, fresh, young coordinator, hot coordinator coming out of Philly, getting him at head coach, dialing up some of these new creative plays. Remember how good Reich was, uh, not in the first five games, but after that of, of getting the, the team on board. Of course, he had a generational quarterback and Andrew Luck, so we got to remember that caveat. But the nucleus of the team where Ballard has built, the O-line, the D-line, is good enough to control the trenches, and we'll see if it pays off. I tend to think it will. I think we have good enough supporting cast around Richardson to make him successful right away. Um, I think we can take the ball out of his hands enough, of course, if we have JT. If we don't have JT, I think that loses us a game or two. Um, but, yeah, I, I tend to agree. I think we're definitely overperforming. Um, I have us over six and a half wins. I have us uh, making the playoffs at plus 350. And I have us winning the Super Bowl at plus 5,000. Really appreciate it, Ray Love. Please uh, stick around for group discussion. We got... Um, we got Colts for Life next, and then Undisputed, and then Augustine. So it might have to be a quick group discussion. appreciate everybody coming for the one-on-ones, but let's get to Colts for Life. Always keeps it real with me, and keep it real with me for the JT saga. Colts for Life, what do you got? Unless you want to shock the world and talk about something that's not Jonathan Taylor's saga, because, oh, is it so juicy to talk about, and there's a new page written Every single time. <laughs> it's terrible, man. No, I'll tell you what. I wish I could come in here and talk about something different, but let's be honest, that's that's the conversation. Probably for the next what, until next Tuesday unless he gets dealt, but uh I mean, honestly at this point, I'm kinda I think a lot of people are on board. Like if he sticks around, that's cool, but like if he leaves, I I won't even be heartbroken at this point. Like He's thrown himself in such a bad shade, just allowing his, even allowing his agent to act the way he has. So, I mean, that's a massive turnoff. And again, I still can't imagine a team puts together a $17 million contract for a dude that's le- legitimately injured, still still injured, you know, like what, six months after the surgery, and they're going to send a first round pick or something equivalent. Like, even a second, I, I just, I don't know that you even get a second for someone that's injured coming off a down year with an injury that's lingering. You know what I mean? Uh, that being said, I'm kind of interested. Like, what are, you, what are your, like, percentages? What do you think he's gone? Like, a 65% chance he's gone? What do you think? So, again, the whole caveat, uh, 60, hmm, let me think. I would say at this point, uh, because we're getting more reports of specific team interest, <sighs> 80%, but the big caveat, and 19% of the 20% that he stays is about his injury. Like, the fact that he's still on PUP doesn't really make sense. Um, the fact that he had to publicly tweet about, no, my back's fine, but then he's still on PUP. So, is he eligible to be put on the non-football injury list because of his ankle? Maybe it was his ankle in Arizona that was messed up, like... The fact that he's not back from that ankle surgery that I think I think I saw I can't say it as fact and apologies I don't remember who said it but EJ Speed had a similar injury ankle procedure and it was within two months and that two months for JT should have been he should have been back late April 
Um, so I think that's the biggest caveat for me is his injury. But with all these reports of new teams getting in the realm officially or not, uh, yeah, I'm up to like 75, 80% he's gone. Uh, Shad, Shad McGinnis, he's at 65. So, I mean, like, again, you guys are close. I just, if he's gone, that's the thing. is I, I just can't imagine it's a first-round pick or something close. Because, no, I think it'd be a second and a and as uh, uh, Ray Love said, I think it'd be a second and a bag of chips, oh. like something like that. Which, man, that I can't lie, that'll sting a little bit. I mean, we all know this. That's fine. It's fine for me, yeah. honestly. I just I'm so tired of. Again, it's the life I chose to talk about all this Colts shit, but it's it's just. The, the talk should be about Richardson. It should be about the young head coach getting his chance to fully write up his scheme in the dirt. It should be about the stellar defensive line play from Buckner and Grover. Now we're going to control the trenches. Gus Bradley, you know, former head coach being the D.C. like, And then Taylor, Pittman, Pierce, tight end, young, hungry tight end group. Like That should be the talking point. The fact that JT has sucked all of the air out of the room. Again, last week I would have told you something different, but I'm starting to get tired of it. And and for me to say that as like a Colts diehard optimist super fan, uh, it's it sucks to say, but it's like Taylor, like you could not have been more disrespectful and incompetent in your own negotiation than you've been with the Indianapolis Colts. And that's another thing that you have to consider, too, I think. Like, teams are definitely sending offers. But if it was what Ballard wants, I think he would have hit, hit the send button already. You know what I mean? And I have to imagine that, like, his actions throughout what he's been doing the last, what, three or four weeks, five weeks, what he's done has it has to be somewhat of a turnoff. Like, you don't want his contract that he's going to sign this, you know, whatever team signs him. They sign him to a $17 million deal. You don't want this shit in four years, you know, when he comes up for another contract extension and doesn't want to play the last year because you haven't guaranteed him his piece of the pie for the next, you know what I mean? So, I mean, I, I feel like that plays in a little bit. Yeah, uh, I think you're exactly right with, uh, I again, I hate saying this, but it's the most comprehensive way to say it. Owners don't negotiate with players like, the U.S. government doesn't negotiate with terrorists. Like, I am not making that equivalency at all, but it's the easiest comparison I have. Um, it's bad business when somebody is going to do a job for you at $4 million. Why would you pay them $5 million if they're going to do it for $4 million? Why would you uh, offer them a extension when they may not be able to perform those duties uh, because of an injury? Uh, why would you offer them an extension that's going to significantly outbid uh, the other people in the workforce? Like, if you boil it down to that, which I know, we're talking millions. We're talking the highest of egos with, I love her say, billionaires, general managers, superstar players. Like, we're talking the most extreme, extreme of scenarios, but it does boil down to money. And why would you pay more if you don't have to? Because if we trade JT, 
guess what? It's not guaranteed that he has to play uh, or has to be given a new deal to play. Like, sure, that's part of it. Sure, that's his Fantasy Factory uh, agent's head that he they're going to get some unbelievable amount of money uh, to sign an extension for him to play for a new team. But we could ship him off wherever for a second rounder, and it's the exact same boat of him having to play or he doesn't get paid or he, and his, his only options are to retire or go to retire, play for $4 million or sit out a year. And then he has to play the next year. Like he's got no leverage again. I hate that it's boiled down to a point where I'm talking ill will about a Colts. Great. Um, single season. Great. Maybe not long-term great, but that's just where we're at. I mean, what's just absolutely terrible for me is one of my friends, he's a diehard Pittsburgh fan, and he keeps looking at me and he'll just say Le'Veon Bell. Like, he's literally going to Le'Veon Bell himself if he doesn't perform up to his standards, you know what I mean? I mean, he's going to sit there, play yeah. for one team next year, get hurt or, you know, not play up to his standards, and they're going to end up either cutting him or, uh, you know, low-balling him, and he's going to try and sign a big deal somewhere and get something offered like Dalvin Cook or Zeke or whatnot. Yeah. Yeah, very well could be the case, unfortunately. Uh, Colts for Life, any uh, final thoughts? And we'll get to, I see you, Undisputed, Augustine, and Pretty Boy Kelly. Uh, Colts for Life, any final thoughts? Oh, you're good, dog. No worries. I oh, appreciate good you, man. Good. And, oh, man, you're, I cannot wait for... I remember, dude, being in the parking lot after the Texans game, and we're just yelling at each other after a few cold pops, man. I cannot wait to be able to talk about actual football again. Definitely going to be interesting, dog. No cap. It was a lot of fun. Absolutely, man. Please, Colts for Life, always welcome on my show. Next, we got Undisputed. College football season coming up soon. I see he changed his profile picture. Jordan Travis. A lot of people have high on their boards, so tells me, Undisputed. How you doing, Undisputed? Uh, what are your thoughts on anything? Oh, dude, Daddy's here. Um, so, <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, so I didn't get to hear your your whole spiel. Maybe I'll go back and listen to it. I'm sure. My monologue. Yeah, I'm sure. Oh, yeah, I'm sure to. it's probably a lot of shitty takes and. Uh, hey, my re- but, my replays have been going through the roof. But man. I will say, I can sense a little bit. So I came in during who was the guy in the Pacers hat. Um, oh, Ray, Ray Love. Love. So I came in during him talking, um, Ray. So I am not trying to pick on you, but um, one thing I just have to point out. Well, first off, Cole, it sounds like you're starting to transition into my side of things, which is just one more thing where you're coming along to the right side, the correct no, side. No, 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 no. Oh, yes, you no, are. No, no, you no. seem to be. Getting... I'll give you your minute. I'll give you your minute in the sun because the main thing I'll put my hand up and say I was wrong about. I did not think it would get to this point. I am shocked that it devolved to here. I'll give you credit. You were right that it would devolve into this, but we were on the same page that anything north, well, me, anything north of, of 13, 14 million was just undoable. Oh, to me. And you've been me, at a much lower oh, number yeah. than that the whole time. Yeah. So for that, I'll give you full credit. And, but yeah, what do you make of the latest? And, uh, on, you, you remember the draft night space. I think it was me and you and Drake, and I forget who else. But uh, yeah, we should have traded him then. And this, I said that this was, you know, this was better for the team to trade him then, uh, you know, and, and whatever. So just going to throw that out there, just feel pat myself on the back. Yeah, 
I'll give you. I'll give you a few flowers. But, uh, yeah, um, so Ray, unless he's injured, one in which quick case, thing I wanted to respond to with Ray though is you can't ahead. is when you were saying like to, I literally joined and one of the first things I heard was about how now we can start the clock with Ballard and I just about threw my phone through the wall because this is year Ray. I just want to point out, um, and 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 when it was said that Ballard, so when it comes to trading, JT. I really don't trust Ballard to right, make the right move just because I just don't trust Ballard to do anything. Um, I I just want to, you know, get – if we can get a couple picks, like, I we're not getting a first. And the one thing that's on Twitter that I keep seeing is the narrative, and I think you even said it, Cole, was just that, like, oh, well, uh, if they ain't giving up a first, we're not trading them. Or if, if they think we're this – listen, we set the price high because you wouldn't come out and say – all right, well, we want a third. Like, why would you do – because then teams are going to try to offer a fifth. So you start – obviously start high. It's not like he's a bum, you know. It's you, – you set the price tag at the top of the mountain, and then you, you, you negotiate from there. And too many times, people on cold Twitter, I keep seeing, oh, no, if it's not a first, this means we're not like, blah, blah, blah. We're not trading them if it's not a first. No, that's, that's not how negotiating works. I can tell no one's ever been in a sales job that, you know – that does anything like that, you know, so I started to point that out. But then there was this idea that Ballard is, <clears throat> that Ballard is this tough negotiator and gets what he wants and, and this and that. And it's like, if that's true, then Ballard should be gone. Because all I ever heard was the, was the um, unconfirmed, you know, fairy tale stories about how all the quarterback decisions weren't Ballard's fault. It was everyone else's fault and this and that. But if it's, but if it's Ballard, you know, always gets what he wants you know, then his poor draft strategies and, you know, his poor quarterback choices and his, and his, his, uh, you know, getting Eric Fisher to try to solve the left tackle position and, you know, never getting the, you know, premier positions, like that's on him. And for that, like, Ray, sorry, but to say that we should, now we can start the clock because he finally decided to take a quarterback and took one of the, you know, most inexperienced, inaccurate rookie QBs ever is that's just crazy. I mean, this is year seven. Note, like, most of the people in this chat right now are probably in their, I don't know, looks like, just judging, probably in their, twenty, you know, mid-20s like you, Cole, upper 20s, whatever, 30s. And we are used to this being a winning organization. You know, we got uh, my buddy down there, pretty boy uh, uh, from the Titans, pretty boy Kelly, good dude, um, great. Uh, and we used, to, we used to bully up on his Titans for years. We were there you know, big brother. And for years, we've now just been a laughing stock. I mean, we can't even enjoy, like, this situation got so out of hand. And I know you love Ursay and you love your engaging with your tweets and all this shit. That's great. But we let this this situation, this all these problems is a result of Valor and is a result of Ursay. Because Ursay should have known this all kind of, it had been fuming. But what really spiraled it was that tweet. He can say it wasn't about him, but what? It wasn't oh, the tweet. Okay, it wasn't the okay, tweet. Okay, hold on. Wait. It was the running wait, back cry wait, wait, session wait, wait, wait. on Zoom. Wait, wait, wait. So this this had been because behind the scenes, JT had been making his point, wanting a contract. So this had been going for a while, but and there was the Zoom thing. But when Ursay made that tweet, whether it was either it, it might not Ursay, it might not have been about JT. But at the same time, when you was, when, when you tweet it was, that, it's still you have to know yeah. that they're going to react. And 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 as yeah. an owner, you have. 
So whether it was about him, it's fucked up. And whether it wasn't about him, it's still bad timing and still fucked up. And the Colts organization has... Bad tweet. Bad tweet. Yeah, they torpedoed this whole situation. Um, Ballard is... I mean, at the the helm of this, we're, we're a laughing stock of national media. Whether people, whether national media gets stuff right, I mean, fucking, do you care? Okay, though? no, you do you care what Will Brinson says? Listen, do you care what Stephen A. Smith says? Some of these says? guys get okay. What? Wait, can you give me like a ten? For the can love you give of me like God. a ten second rundown and whatever the Stephen? Because I don't even know what that's about. Uh, Ray Love was Ray Love was giving it to me. Ray Love, I see you requested again. Uh, sticking with one on ones for now. Yeah. We'll get to group discussion in a minute. You can rebuttal. Um, but yeah, basically accusing or say like. Slave owner rhetoric. Okay, uh, yeah, that's nonsense. Whatever. Slurring his words, drunk stuff. Yeah, okay, um, that's garbage. I've Never mind. Been clean for a decade. So, so yeah, so yeah. but it's just it's just been all it's been all negative. Uh, you know, they weren't going to re-sign him, and so the best thing to do if you're not going to re-sign him, and this situation is the laughing stock of it's making it's not there's no attention on on the rookie quarterback. Um, not that I give a fuck because I'm not a fan of him anyway, but still. That's good. That's good for us, but, right? But that, that, from your perspective, that's no, good for the No, no, it's not. So I would no rather, I'd rather the there be better attention. I'd rather the attention be on the rookie, whether I like him or not is regardless. Like, but it's w- when this spiraled, the best thing to do, you're not going to extend him anyway. So just get the picks for him and, and end this, this, this charade of shit. Like you don't want this in your, you got a young team. And you want to have this fucking toxic situation in the locker room? I've been preaching this forever, and it's just. And then at the, in the middle of all this, Ballard still isn't. We still haven't fixed right guard. We still haven't, you know, got of that corner. We're, we're we're not fixing the things we need on top of all this shit. So to say that, like, you know, year seven, Chris Ballard, no division titles, no nothing, and and now we can start the clock is just. I mean, this started with, with Philip Rivers when he got a quarterback and, instead of – or he got traded for a defensive tackle and just rode with Philip Rivers. He's been a disaster since he got here. If he didn't draft Quentin Nelson and Darius Leonard in that first or second draft or whatever, the the um, the narrative on Chris Ballard would be flipped 100 – like, it wouldn't even be close. Like, it's he, he nailed those couple first early picks early on and – from that, it's just been like nothing he does. Everyone will just praise him, and now that he's taken everybody's golden boy AR, everyone it's just like he he can do no wrong, and it's he has to I like get the best deal you can get for him, but get him out of here. He's got to go. What what do you what's uh what's the price tag? Would you say you're comfortable with and you're expecting? I mean, or maybe not even expecting, but like you're I fine. think if so, I've um, I've seen you know in some of the group chats I'm in, I've seen people like throw out the ideas of like a pick and and you know how are we not in any of the same group chats by the way? Um, I guess I guess well, I guess we don't Venn diagram. Enough. So well, there's um, there's the one like so Elijah's in here. So there's the one Joey runs. Um, Joey originally was like so. Yeah, I think like I'm, all right. I we'll, think, no, we'll no, save it. We'll no, save no, 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 no. They're compensation. No, they're, cool. they're cool. Go ahead, they're, but there's just too many okay. people in there right. that have me blocked. Me and Elijah, Joey, and them are actually uh, cool yeah. now. Um, but uh, so this was Nick Lee's uh, group chat. But I've seen people throw it around ideas of like a young uh, right guard, maybe a pick. I think what they said. I think when they said first, I think they're shooting for a second, uh, maybe like a. And, and I'm pretty sure I've said this for months now. If you get if you can get a second and a fourth or a second and a fifth or something, you take it. But at this point, it's so bad that if you can get a third and a fourth, uh, a third and a fourth and a fifth, 
or something like that, you just you take it just just to get done with it, you know. And and if and at the same time, if it's a third to fourth, and people think and the people that think that Chris Ballard is this fucking draft guru, then a third and a fourth should be because he's you know draft Jesus. Then we should well, be well, yeah. Uh, <laughs> A third and a fourth would be an indictment on the situation yeah. that he handled it wrong, and that there was more. But but, are you worried at all about? Appreciate that because yeah, you have been saying that pick compensation the whole time. But are you worried that his ankles actually fried at all, and that he wouldn't pass a physical for another team? So I am. so wouldn't that wasn't there reporting recently that they thought that he was going to be passed or being cleared soon did am i making that up did i not was that so they said they keep saying steichen kept saying he will be with the team and we're expecting him back with the team but that was just recently so technically, I thought, steichen i thought a week no or two, that, that's been i thought a couple weeks ago they said it's that been they thought, it's been all preseason they thought he was going to be cleared soon i thought that it had and i was trying to maybe i was trying to twitter yeah. search it like the other day and couldn't it would have been an oppressor it would have been yeah. a steichen presser or they would have said it but i feel like steichen alluded to it enough but there's still enough ambiguity where it wasn't like oh jt's back because even the tweet where everybody brought it back up where i said uh jt back with the team next week after the jacobs thing and then it came out like oh seeking a trade request and i was like well you know he's back with the team i didn't say he was playing but I think enough between the lines happened where they were okay to say that he would be back with the team, but it turned out, you know, obviously back with the team doesn't mean playing with the team. So a little bit of uh, their typical smoke and mirrors. But uh, any last thoughts on Disputed? We've got a few more people in here, and then we'll get to group uh, Um, discussion. Yeah, uh, Elijah just doesn't know shit, and I do, and that's it. Anything about the training camp fights? Curious. Uh, I mean, on that. I, they happen in every single one. I don't really like. They're. It's awesome. Yeah, I, it's sick. He, when, you well, These actually, dudes I, being actually, guys, I, I want to laugh at you because you were like, I think it was, was it last week's when you're like, I'm expecting a fight in training camp, and then yeah, it happened. I was right. And I'm like, I was right. It literally happens. happens in every single, every single <laughs> joint practice ever. Since I'm Nostradamus, ever. baby. You gotta know when to call your shots. Oh, okay. Jesus Christ, dude. Kill me. All right. All right. Thank Let's you. Undisputed. Hurry up to this group. Please stick around for the yeah. group discussion. We got two more. We got um, Augustine. Great recent addition uh, to my Rolodex. And then uh, we see your pretty board, Kelly. We'll get you next. Augustine was just before you. Augustine, it's always a pleasure. Uh, really appreciate you coming on the last few weeks and hope to have you for many more weeks to come. What's on your mind? JT Saga. Uh, starters playing preseason, who's making the final 53, man. Uh, any of that on your mind? Thanks for coming back on, Augustine. Go ahead and unmute. What do you got? Hey, how's it going, Cole? Hey, good. This space was downloaded via spacesdown.com. Visit to download your spaces today. Very good. Thanks for thanks for coming back on, man. It means a lot. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I just wanted like to um, just talk a little bit about uh, 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 what I will be expecting for a uh, Anthony Richardson starting this last uh, preseason game. I think it's a, a good test to see uh, how he will react uh, uh, in, with con- constant pressure from the Eagles' uh, defensive line. Uh, we know that as of right now, our offensive line, there's no guarantees 
that they're gonna held up uh, constantly on the during the season. So I think it, it's a, a a good test to see him under uh, constant pressure from uh, Jalen Carter and and Jordan Davis. Uh, uh, beside that, uh, I'm just looking forward to see uh, what uh, Ballard can pick up from the roster cuts. Uh, let's hope like can get some offensive line help. Um, I think that, uh, uh, unfortunately, these past two years, uh, sorry, these past three years, uh, we haven't done enough for uh, bolstering the offensive line. Uh, as uh, Undisputed said, uh, first was uh, the Eric Fisher uh, uh, contract. Uh, he, he didn't uh, pay out. Uh, then giving the keys uh, to my partner for the left tackle. That went, like, horribly. Uh, and I think, like, um, uh, of the objective uh, Colts fan uh, know that uh, he has to be accountable for that. And I think, like, uh, the uh, by picking Richardson, he bought one more year of, like, you know, um, uh, of being the general manager. Uh, sorry, uh, sorry. Two years because this will be like a like a pass a pass year. It will give him a pass because like you know it's uh, Anthony Richardson. We're not expecting to to win many games. Uh, I would have agreed with you, Cole, for the nine wins if JT was playing. But since uh, he's not playing, uh, I I would think that we will win five or even less games uh, because we don't have like. Um, you know, um, the roster around, like, to uh, be able to, to keep it up uh, with uh, other, the other teams in the division. Uh, so uh, that will be it. Uh, and also, uh, the last thing I, I would say before we can continue uh, is that um, uh, I hope that uh, the Colts are able to get a, a fair compensation uh, if uh, a trade it's uh, agreed for Jonathan Taylor. Uh, I'm still skeptical, even though the the relationship between management and and the player is sour, uh, because um, I'm not sure if uh, there will be a team that will pay for uh, will pay what JT wants. Uh, and at the end, it could be. I think still, still be a possibility of him staying and uh, playing the the rest of him contract. Because I think, uh, anyways, uh, if I'm not mistaken, even though if he like uh, doesn't play until uh, week eight or um, like or still completes his rookie year, the Colts still are able to uh, franchise tag him, right? Correct. Yeah, they can they can franchise tag him. Yeah, so, like, uh, I think there's still some possibilities, uh, but, like, I'm, I'm not, like, being hopeful of that. Um, the only thing I would want is, like, um, uh, the team being out of the, uh, uh, of you know, of the being the joke of the league right now, you know, because of the mm -hmm. situation that has been going. Thank you for, for the opportunity. No, no, always, always appreciate you on, Augustine, please. 
uh, feel free to stick around for group. Uh, I'll touch on some of your points. I think your your point right off the bat about Anthony Richardson um, starting against that Eagles defense. It's going to be huge. Uh, obviously, had some had some practice reps today. Didn't hear or yesterday. Didn't hear much more than really the fights. So not really sure how much they were able to actually get done in practice. Uh, him the downs is, is seemingly pretty good. So excited to hear about that. Um, excited to see what he does against that defensive front. And you're right. Like, is the O-line here to play? Uh, not exactly sure who will play starting roles because a lot of these O-linemen are veterans and uh, they might get the, the day off to keep them healthy for week one. Um, but if if the the core is mostly there, then... Obviously, it makes start sense sense to start Richardson, which we will be doing, and and play him and see what he's got, and hopefully we dial up a few big plays. Can do it. Uh, the O line looks good with these backup running backs. Eyes on you, kids. Like Deion Jackson, go win a spot. Uh, Evan Hall, go win minutes. Like the world's yours, guys. Um, especially now in this uncharted territory of it seemingly likely that JT's on his way out. So. Um, as far as your your JT uh, points, I mean, you're right. Like, I I wish he was with the team. I I hope against all hope that it just gets smoothed over under the rug. But it seems like he'll be on his way out, and then that may lose you a game or two. How do you make up for that? Like, do the young running backs have it in them to to really show out performances? Can Richardson do it on his own? Are we going to run Richardson more? What does that mean for the offense as a whole? Are we scheming it any different? Has Steichen been expecting Taylor to be gone the whole time? Um, who knows, but I think you're right on that front that it is going to unfortunately cost us because he is a good player. Like What gets lost in a lot of this, pissing off the fan base, the agent, just the day in, day out, this team's interested, this team's interested. Um it's it's annoying to hear about from from a player you hope to have long term, but that's the reality of the situation. And uh, Richardson's team now, so whether JT's here or not, we got to win football games. Like bottom line, we have to win football games. So hopefully, uh, the guys behind him can can really show out, and hopefully the O line shows out like you're hoping as well, and uh, to give Anthony Richardson a good look before his first regular season game. Augustine, uh, any final thoughts, and we'll get to Pretty Boy and then group discussion. Well, um, just my final thoughts about the possible trade. Yeah. Uh, I think, like, the best-case scenario, uh, like, uh, the Colts might be asking for a conditional uh, third-round pick that could turn into a second, uh, plus uh, uh, either a player or a or a later um, a later round pick. Uh, I will also think, you know, um, I was uh, talking another space before during uh, this day uh, that if Miami is uh, really interesting, uh, and since we have, I think, we have a, a, a better and cornerback uh, need, uh, I don't think it's crazy to think that um, a Ballard might be uh, bringing to the table uh, if the Dolphins wants uh, JT uh, to do a, 
a trade package that includes Xavier Howard, Howard, a cornerback from from the Dolphins, because I think we need uh, beside uh, Kenny Moore another uh, veteran presence on that uh, very young cornerback group. Yeah, yeah, I would I would agree with really any of that compensation if we can get that. Um, I still shy away from conditionals just because I I think there's a big worry about his injury. Excuse me, that's pretty valid, but um, yeah, we'll we'll see. And anything that equals a mid to late second rounder for me at this point, I'm good to just clean my hands of it. And honestly, probably even less. So uh, appreciate it, Augustine. We'll get to group discussion uh, after Pretty Boy Kelly Elijah. I see you um, as well. We'll save you for group discussion uh, since you talked at the top. But Pretty Boy Kelly. Thanks for coming on. I believe it is your uh, first time on here. So so many thanks to have you on. You're a, a Titans uh, content. So um, everybody gets their shot on here, I guess. What do you got, pretty boy? Kelly? Thanks for being patient. Yeah, of course. No, I'm a uh, Titans fan, but I, but I kind of root for the Colts because my uh, father-in-law is a Colts fan. And I don't really uh, respect, like, Houston and Jacksonville as organizations. <laughs> um, I'd rather compete with you. Um, but um, why did did it did it ever come out why R- Richardson sat? Because it didn't it didn't make any sense. Like why they sat him? Like like if if the argument is he just needs reps, that's like the perfect opportunity. I don't. Sure. Fair fair question. Um, I think Steichen said he saw enough in the Bears two practices where Richardson got starters reps. Uh, there's also like the wink, nod, handshake agreement between uh, Steichen and Eberflus to not play your starters if you play them that hard in the uh, two practices. Everything I saw, that's been pretty standard the last few years in preseason week two when you have these joint practices, especially uh, where you're ge- geographically that close. Um, so I think if it were for the fact... if It'd be different if the Bears played their starting defense and the Colts are just like, now we're sitting Richardson. But the fact that both of them sat, they went harder in in the joint practices with the controlled environment. They can't touch the quarterback. Preseason. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's part of it for sure. Um, Um, But yeah, that's uh, that just surprised me. I just just kind of wanted to know. I mean, um, yeah, I mean, you'd fair, figure. Fair I mean, even in those circumstances, you'd figure you just want to get this kid reps. Like, um, but yeah, it was surprising. Um, but yeah, we we are down to we're in we're in rough shape, man. As in some of our spots, we're down to. So you guys aren't the only ones. We're down to five wide receivers right now, uh, and like two of them are like definitely going to get cut from. So we're going to be oh from injury or injury oh, from cut from cut in injury. Gotcha. Yeah, I mean we've uh, Phillips is injured, Burks is injured, um, so really all we have is DeAndre Hopkins. Like that is the only thing we have, um, and our offensive line is shaky. But um, but yeah, and, and I totally agree with Undisputed. I mean, if I, if I was looking at your organization, I would say 
like the number one issue, the issues you have are personnel related or like relationships with players and personnel decisions. Like Ballard's in year seven, like your roster, like you should be like a no brainer playoff team right now in Ballard's seventh year, you know, but you're kind of like a re- in a rebuilding phase and it might be like a year before the, the real rebuild. So I think Ballard just kind of puts you in a, a rough position personnel wise. Um, that's kind of my take. Sure. Sure. What do you, what do you, uh, we'll go quick. Um, again, cold space, but appreciate having you on uh, pretty boy Kelly. So yeah, I mean, Ballard, like, yes, he got the reset button again after playing the carousel of veteran quarterbacks, which kind of disingenuous. You can say, who knows what was uh, a lot of that. What, was a lot of that Frank Reich though, because they were all like former Frank Reich quarterbacks. Yeah. I mean, I think he got, in Ursay's ear more than he should have, and Ballard should have really put a stop to that more than he did. Um, so that, yes, that part is an indictment of Ballard, but handpicking the quarterback was mostly on Reich and Ursay, except for Ryan. Ryan was more so on Ballard um, and Ursay for sure. But um, I, I would be I, I would be interested to know what Frank Reich's uh, thoughts were on the quarterback, because like Bryce Young does not strike me as a Frank Reich type quarterback. No, that was Tepper. There was like, definitely I, Tepper, I, I, right? That... Tepper forced it on him. I don't think he even wanted yeah. it because he was quoted as saying, there was a proposal put on my desk, and I said yes about what quarterback they were drafting. Uh... Yeah. Crazy, crazy times. Uh, Pretty Boy Kelly, uh, any any final thoughts on anything, Colts? Uh, please stick around for group discussion, which we'll get to mm-hmm. up next. No, I mean, other than, other than I think Richardson is kind of Ballard's uh, lottery ticket. And I think from an oh, outside yeah. looking in, it's probably like there's a 25% chance of it hitting, but if it hits, then everything is cured. So that's kind of like his situation that he kind of got himself in, I think, but yeah, yeah. I'll be active in group. Who would have thought, thought? Yeah. Yeah. Stay on. Uh, we'll keep you a speaker here, please request um if you want to be on group discussion hey kyler uh nice seeing you again um i also hope jt stays but man it's getting more uh unlikely by the hour unfortunately thanks for coming back on kyler as always i will pick a colts card out of my random colts card ben post it here and riff on it for a few seconds while everybody who wants to get in group discussion hits that request button in the bottom left let's see what random colts card we have and get it is a Mike Strawn Wild Round Rookie card. One of the rarer Mike Strawn cards. So has his 2019 stats from Charleston, 78 receptions, 1,300 yards, 19 touchdowns. Again, I will put it in this Jumbotron here. But, uh, yeah, Mike Strawn. Look, I hope he's wide receiver six. Um or five. I really like Perriman though. I, I, I think I think uh, Perriman could do some good things, especially right off the bat for this offense. But you know, Strawn, preseason hero, regular season week one hero a few years ago. What's not to love out of the College of Charleston? So I'll share that in the jumbotron here in a second. But let me let everybody in. And again, thank you for joining group discussion. Um, we'll go. We'll go until eleven or so, or until the conversation fizzles out. A lot to talk about today. Um, again, appreciate the shout out, Kyler. I think everybody should be in here. 
Uh, please uh, stay muted if you can when you're not talking to avoid any background noise, but I'll open it up um, to the group. I think we'll start with Ray Love uh, because, uh, well, I'll, let, let's go to Elijah first because he said something about breaking yeah, news, yeah. and then Ray Love Ray Love will go to you next to rebuttal Undisputed um, and then kick off the conversation. Yeah, I, don't, I can't believe we missed this while we were talking about it, but I, holy shit, like, I'm looking at it, like breaking news. This uh, It's Ian Rappaport. Tweets that Indianapolis Colts superfan undisputed heel likes dudes and Florida State also <laughs> sucks. Holy shit. I, I, for one, am shocked. I, I honestly can't believe it. It also says here that Undisputed that announced that he enjoys that. the loving embrace of men and wishes that Jonathan Taylor would hold him in his arms like a baby. I... I, this is fucking huge, guys. I honestly don't even know how to react to this kind of news. Undisputed said you guys were cool. What happened? <laughs> I guess I guess it really <laughs> went off into into no man's land. But um, all right, Eli, we'll get back to you. Well, undisputed. I got. I guess I got to give you a rebuttal. Undisputed may not even be on to hear this. I'm gonna be upset if I literally set that joke up just for him not to even be here. I'm not gonna That's lie. Tough. <laughs> I, I, I think he heard it, but I think he jumped off. Yeah. I mean, I keep oh, adding. He's back. No, he's undis- back. Yes, sir. We're coming. Undisputed. Wait, maybe can, close the can app. I, yeah, ahead, it would. Ahead. So every time I got it accepted a speaker, it would. I couldn't hear one person. <laughs> so, yeah. Go ahead, Undisputed. You were called out. Oh, no, I, hear you, man. I didn't hear. I didn't hear. So every time I was accepted oh, okay. a speaker, it, I couldn't hear anyone. So I had to yeah, close dude, there the was app. a there's a huge ass fucking breaking news for me and Rappaport. It said that Indianapolis Colts superfan undisputed heel likes dudes and Florida State sucks. I, I can't fucking believe it, man. Oh my god. Yeah. Listen, <laughs> just because you're just because you're hoping I'll sit sit on your lap at week one, um, you know, <laughs> that's not gonna happen though. So. Do you know how many Bud Light? You know me three dollar Bud Light shout out to Chantel. I'd had the drink for you to sit on my lap, dog. It'd be insane. Listen, do I have to show in the group chat where you asked me to? <laughs> Come on, don't <laughs> expose me like that, baby. Dude. Hey, I want I want a part of that group chat. It's I'm, Nick I'm, Lee's. I'm we'll get you in there. Wait, hold on, Cole. Suck. Cole, you're in the same group chat as I am, dude. He's not. Well, not that he's one. Not a, he's I'm, not I'm in Nick none Lee. with undisputed. Wait, wait, yeah, wait, Nick it, Lee. Which one? It was in wait. the. It was in the. Uh, it was in the the fantasy football one. I don't know. If oh wait, it that. was actually the fantasy football one. Yeah, in case yeah, it's an offshoot of just Joey's, and you're in Joey's. So yeah, it's just there's no one that's blocked me in that one. <laughs> that's shocking. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, let's get to some headlines. Um, yeah, I mean, I feel like the fan base has just turned on JT, myself included, his agent, just tired of the antics and. More so, want him out by the by the passing hour and just completely focus on AR. Um, if we get a second at this point, honestly, I'm overjoyed. Uh, so I guess we'll kick it off there. Anybody who wants to chime in, um, if you don't think you're getting uh, your fair uh, convo in, please put your hand up and I'll make it a point to bring you into the conversation. But we'll just bounce off each other. But I'll start it there. I mean, just give me a fucking second and get him off my team at this point. Like I want to keep him. I, I really want the player, JT, but the whole saga is just so annoying to talk about when we have way more interesting things yeah. in front of the Indianapolis Colts. And, it pains and, me and, that me and Undisputed are so, like, like-minded on this shit. It literally listen, makes me want to feel Listen, and I, and I was in, this, in the right position before anybody, so I just want to point Dude, that I out. Was, I, I, I'm not going to say that I wanted to trade, but I did flirt the idea of trading him, like, yeah. before the, like, around the draft, just because, like, the the concept of like 
the running back really not mattering as much as it has in the past. And in all reality, team, like elite teams don't need elite running backs. Like that, that thought has been in my head for a while now. And honestly, watching Isaiah Pacheco go absolutely fucking ham in the Super Bowl just kind of made me realize that you really you can find need guys. That good, yeah, you could find guys anywhere that can run and, the ball. And even a, when it, when it came to, I think it was during uh, uh, Augustine when he was talking, when he was saying that uh, he thought nine wins, which I know you, uh, Cole, think nine wins, and you're fucking insane. Um, Nine but wins. then saying that, like, oh, well, without JT, it's five. So, like, when they do, like... No, which, I didn't say that. He no, Augustine that. did. But so when there's, like, you know, there's... I forget what it was called, but it's like they're, like, models that show, like... It's almost like war in baseball. Um, it's not war in baseball, though. It's, it's so different but, of a sport. Well, it is, but there are, there are like, listen, we are in times where there is metric, advanced metrics to this. You can You can believe in them or not, but it, it goes off the data and it shows that like running backs don't add lots of wins. Like the best running backs only add like one. I got to try and find it. The best running backs only add like 0.87 wins per season per 16 or per 17 or something like that. I forget how it's qualified, but like, it's just, it's just not a big thing anymore. Like it used to be, you know, in, in the Emmett Smith days and even in the Adrian Peterson's days or, you know, the, but it's just it's just not it's just you don't it, this is a passing league now and the running backs are getting left behind and that's part of why what Travis Etienne said um at what I think it was like a training camp press conference or OTAs or something or whatever but he had said that like guys have to evolve you have to become pass catchers you have to become you know you've got to be able to be that you know, you the, the it's it's a different game, and you have to evolve if you want to get paid. And he's a hundred percent correct there. Um, it's just, oh hell yeah, Jack Rizzo's here. Um, yeah, it's just something that's yeah. just guys got to advance their game, and JT hasn't. So, I mean, it's it, it sucks. I, but... I don't. I oh. know, do you do you remember? Um, I think at some point um, when uh, um, Naheem Hines. Uh, Someone called him like a gadget player, and he didn't like uh, being called like a gadget player. Uh, like that's what running backs has to go right now, yeah. because uh, like uh, a, a, they have to diversify their their game. You know, like like uh, a, being like a, what you what you call a Darren Sproles, um, I was... uh, Christian McCaffrey, that they are like a, a dual threat both on running, running, and and in the passing game. I was just gonna bring up Darren Sproles too. Look at how long, look at his size. Look at how long I love, dude, his family is awesome. I used to sit in his boxes in Philly with my friend's wife. Great guy, great family. Um, and just look at how long his career lasted dude, in that place. Because he wasn't just this, you know, running through the tackles and everything. I mean, it, it, not only is it good for the money, it's good for their career. It, it keeps him in the league longer, you know. Like Darren Sproles, how, how many years was he in the league? Freaking dozen like he, he yeah, I forgot about it. I just remembered his Saints here. Yeah, after he I mean, that. he was still even. This was so. Let's see. My friends were on the Eagles in twenty fifteen and sixteen. I think maybe, and like he was still having productive years then. Even like yeah, it's probably a good probably a good decade. Uh, let's get to uh, Rizzo. Thanks for coming, Blue Nation. I saw you put your hand down. Uh, we'll get to you after. But Jack Rizzo, uh, first time on this space tonight. Thanks for coming on, Jack Rizzo. How'd your uh, YouTube show go, and what are your thoughts on 
the now updated, updated, updated Jonathan Taylor saga. Jack Rizzo, thanks for coming on. Yeah, sorry that I joined late. I was on, I had to go to a meeting. I've been working on something tonight, but uh, yeah, it's, you know, it's obviously been crazy, you know, last 48 hours, that's for sure. Um, I think, I think he is going to get traded. Like, I, I truly believe that. I really do not think there is even a chance that Jonathan Taylor is on this roster come next Tuesday. There seems to be a lot of interest, um, and it seems these teams are at least willing to meet or at least come close to what the Colts are looking for back. I think it would be smart of the Colts to just to get rid of um, Taylor, that go young and running back. It's not an important position. I don't care what anybody says. You, you pay Pittman. You pay Grover Stewart. That's the smarter thing to do. And if you can get... You can get. I hate Chris Ballard so much, but if you could get a first round pick back, I'd I'd be okay keeping him for life. Like if he could actually get a first round pick for a running back. My 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 key counterpoint to that, Jack, I've been talking about all night is what do you are you worried? How worried are you about the ankle? And even if we do agree agree to a trade, it being voided because of JT's ankle and him not being able to perform. Honestly, I don't really give a shit about the ankle because it's not going to be our problem much longer. But so, it could be if we agree to a trade and he's not physically able to perform. Yeah, it's true. But, I mean, we're not – I mean, worst case scenario is we lose him for nothing. But I, I, if these teams are this interested in trading for him, they must clearly think that his ankle is not that big of a deal because why would they be inquiring yeah. him in the first place? So I'm, I'm thinking – I think the big issue is going to be the contract. Are these teams going to be willing to pay JT what he wants? Because if they just trade for him in general, it's, he's going to be same situation, just different team. But again, I think there's a very, very real chance. Like I'm talking like over like a 70% chance that this he gets traded. If I had to guess, I'm going to go with the Bears. Um, they have the cap space. They could use a running back. They have Justin Fields, who kind of already is a running back, but they could they could use Jonathan Taylor for sure. And they again, they have the cap space to pay him. And hey, if we want to get, if we want to, you know, get, if they want to go crazy, they do have two first round picks next year. So it would be nice to yeah. share one of them with us. I'd be more than okay with that for sure. Uh, Blue Nation was next, and I see you, uh, Chris Jackson. Thanks for coming back on the group discussion. Blue Nation, I know you had your hand up earlier. Uh, what's on your mind? Like I think with the. Uh... With the whole JT situation, I think you had something about another Wisconsin running back that I that, that could replace JT if we if we decide to part ways with him next Tuesday. Yeah, it could be. Um, again, that's the draft upcoming. Uh, yeah, I kind of my I mind is so so far removed from the twenty four draft, uh, but yeah, pre- appreciate um, any insight into that. But uh, yeah, honestly. At this point, it is it is the furthest thing from my mind thinking about Marvin Harrison Jr., any Florida State, whatever player we're gonna pick in the first. Like I'm so I'm so tired of hearing about the next year's draft. Let's see how this year shakes out before anybody gets penciled into the Colts. But I get what you're saying about re- replacing him. There's plenty of room, uh, or plenty of effort to replace him. Um, but I just. I'm just I mean, he, he's, about the future. He, he's not going to be here. He's like, I think Cole, I think we can both agree that like 
even if he's here on the opening day roster, I don't think he finishes the season here. I think I don't. That, I don't think we'd tag him either. I really don't. no. I think that, but by, by the uh, trade deadline, done. by the trade, like he's got to go now. If for some reason the deal doesn't get done, I think by the trade deadline, because if you're not, it it just doesn't. It'd be it'd be just as dumb as the Angels not recent not trading Otani. They're gonna lose him for nothing. So if yeah. if we're not gonna re-sign him, we're not gonna tag him. If it's at the trade deadline and you can get even a, say a third to fourth, say a fourth and a fifth, you do it because it's better than nothing, you know. Yeah. And then you could if you can use that extra fourth and fifth to maybe now I know Bellard's fucking oh, yeah. to fucking trading yeah. up. I, I was gonna say hey, you use that fourth and fifth to get like an extra second or third, but you know Bellard refuses to do that in this economy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Uh, Fuck. Hey, I, I have a question about that draft, though. Um, so if Taylor does, well, when Taylor does get traded, um, will we still get that compensatory pick? I'm not sure how those work, but I, I kind of no. heard something about, no. like, he'll be worth a third-round compensatory pick. No, I think that's if we let him walk. So if he stays this oh, year, okay. we let him walk. It depends, like, the dollar amount he signs for, I believe. I could be wrong, but I think that's how it's calculated. So if we trade him, no. Um, also, if we fran- – if I mean, we're not going to tag him, but I think if we tag him and someone matches the offer sheet, they got to give up uh, – a, sorry, like a pick, right? Is that how that works? Uh, yeah, I'm, we, I'm, like, yeah. have it listed or whatever for us. I, I don't I don't think it gets that far. I'm with unfortunately no. once again I'm with Undisputed and with most people I think on this is that there's just no way no, yeah, I know it hurts. There's just yeah. no way in hell this dude's gonna play football for the Colts. Meaningful football at least. I mean and, and honestly and, and Cole I'm like you man, I, I was really excited to see, you know, Richardson and Taylor in a backfield in an RPO spike and offense. But the more you think about it and the more we understand it you know, first off, that war, I, I actually look into a lot of those, you know, kind of like high high analytics. Yeah, and, and like Undisputed said, like running backs, are they're a fart in the fucking wind on those stats. I mean, they just don't, they don't do anything. Like the, the difference between a guy like Pacheco and a guy like Jonathan Taylor, in all honesty, on a team that has, that's actually worth, like good, it, it's, it's going to be, it's going to be very minuscule, right? Um, and also, by the way, Darius Leonard had one of the highest uh, football wars ever. Just you wondering how good of a player he actually is. But that's besides the point. Is that the, the Jonathan Taylor is, and like I said earlier, like he, I think it's a guy that's struggling to come to terms with him and his position's sort of you know spot in the NFL hierarchy, and, I, and mm-hmm. that's hard for anyone to accept. I mean, and especially for a guy that's honestly probably hurt, and he's worried if he's going to how much longer he's going to play football, you know. But and it, but it's it sucks, you know. And honestly, it's not my problem, dude. Like you can go do that somewhere else. Even if we trade for somebody, I don't care if they, if they're going to pay him the money. If they agree to the trade, they can deal with that themselves, man. Like, like it, it, even you know, even if it comes down to a third and a fourth or a fourth and a fifth later on in the year, I I personally don't. I personally, the more I think about it, don't even want to see him on the roster. Like we talked about, Deion Jackson. Hell yeah, man. Elijah. Hell yes, dude. I <laughs> you know, and I'm going to get flamed for this, and I'm I'm going to be called a homer, but I want to point out our best game offensively was Jacksonville last year. We can all agree to that, right? Guess yeah. who our running back is? And guess how many, and guess how many all-purpose yards they had? <laughs> it was That's Deion true. Jackson with 100, almost 60 all-purpose yards and one hell of an angry run touchdown. So don't tell me that there isn't some alert and a little bit of talent in there. Funk looked decent. He can fight for a roster spot. I personally like Evan Hall out of Northwestern. I think he can be 
Uh, I think he could be a guy that can can do some, you know, that can be like an offensive, like an actual somewhat of a weapon. You know, and Kenyon Drake's gonna can can put you know a little bit of damage back there too. I, I would much rather at this point take Fox Jackson and either Drake or Funk in a committee situation than I would Jonathan Taylor, hundred percent. Well, uh, good points, Eli. Uh, let's go to let's go to CJ fan. Uh, let's try to follow the hand method. Uh, CJ Colts fan, back at you. Thanks for coming back on for the group discussion. What do you got, man? Yeah, I'm so just completely away from this. Can can I just be the person that just rationalizes the fact that can we just not talk about anything regarding what teams are expressing interest? Because we know that most times a lot of these teams are sitting here inquiring about price to drive up price. Like it, it sounds like the Rams are two years removed from winning a Super Bowl, and the last running back they had of any notoriety was what's his name? I even forgot his name because he's been out of league. Um, Todd. Todd Gurley. Todd Gurley. There you go. Thank you for that. Todd Gurley, and indication that that right there in and of itself because Sean McVay is still the coach so there's no way in hell that you're going to tell me that Sean McVay going to the Super Bowl with I think who Cam Akers and whoever the hell was behind him is seriously interested in paying all this money for a running back in belief that he needs to go back and win the Super Bowl and that he can win a Super Bowl with Jonathan Taylor at the helm. Like, it, I think we're going to end up seeing a lot of smoke screens the same way that we see them leading up to the draft where these teams are literally going to say, yeah, we're interested. Yeah, we're trying to see the price. We're trying to see where everything's at. Because at the end of the day, it's like, there's until he actually gets traded, I think there's a lot of teams that are going to be interested, but everybody's going to be interested at some point. That's like, that's like seeing That's like seeing a hot chick in the club. Oh yeah, you interested? But I mean, nine times out of ten, you really ain't gonna mess with her. Like, like let's just let's just be completely real and honest about it. Like, but, it's, but it's this really... is good for the Colts, though. The more people you see interested, is the more the price you want the price to go up, don't you? No, no, no. But the thing is, the price is gonna be high regardless because that's the price that balance set. The, the Colts set the price because of the fact that they're the ones offering the trade, and there's no deadline for for anybody to cut or us to waive JT at any point. So right now, you have the opportunity to go ahead. Like, like the ball is basically in Ballard's court. Ballard can take whatever he wants and say, yes, this is exactly what we want in regards to this trade. But you can't go and sit there and just honestly say that, oh, yeah, well, you know, we're just going to take the best that we can get. No, if you, if you really think you're honest, like Miami right now, Miami definitely needs to get this done because uh, this is the last year that you're really going to be able to assess exactly what you want to do regarding Tua. Because Tua's still on a rookie deal. So I'm sure you're trying to stack the deck to potentially make a Super Bowl run. Otherwise, you're going to have to pay Tua, and you're not going to have a whole lot of money after that. So there's no way possible that you're going to say that, oh, yeah, well, Miami's just going to come in with a fourth-round pick and a sixth-round pick and maybe a third next year. No. No, they, no. You you're going to pay the price that's set out there, and that's just going to be it. Otherwise, JT can just sit his sad ass on the sideline, and then next year he can just go ahead and walk off into sunset or do whatever the hell he's going to do. But right now, it, the ball's not in his court for him to get what he wants. If he wants out, 
then he's just going to have to take whatever Balor gives him. Either that or you need to go ahead and just rehab that ankle till you get healthy and just run for a thousand plus yards and then move on to your next destination next year. Well said, CJ Colts fan. Bringing it back to the hot girls at the club. Love it. Love it. Appreciate it, CJ Colts fan. Julian uh, was up next rebuttal. Uh, feel free to jump into his CJ Colts fan. Uh, Julian jumped into yours, so uh, feel free to have that convo. Go ahead, Julian. Yeah, no, I wanted to ask everybody is did your guys' record prediction change without JT? And if yes, how many more wins or losses do you see? Because I think without JT, I'm probably looking at another four-win team just for the fact that now it's Anthony Richardson doing the majority of the lifting compared to having JT back there, who's a veteran who you can have a double weapon with. Look, I love Deion Jackson or Deion, uh, whatever his name is, the guy that we have in the back now. But he's no JT. He's no. He doesn't have the pedigree of JT where people worry and plan for him. So I want to know what you guys think. Yeah, I mean, he's worth a win or two in my opinion. Um, but nine wins gets us into the playoffs, so I can't say anything other than nine wins because I need the playoffs. I live for the playoffs. All I All ever right. want is Colts playoffs, so nine wins no matter what. I'm, I'm in Colts' boat. Uh, I've, I have been saying, and this is where me and Undisputed greatly uh, differ, uh, and I have the superior take because my brain is much larger than his while his is falling smooth. But it's that uh, this is a Fair nine enough. to ten. This is a nine to ten win team, and I don't think JT changes much of that in my opinion. Because honestly, I, I, I guess just to contextualize all this is that this is a guy that had one breakout year, but every other season he's played clearly hasn't lived up to that kind of potential. So hey. I, I don't think. I think I think it's nine or ten still with with or without JT. Elijah. So first off, do you, I think a lot of the Colts fans really get this idea that like there's the chance of AR winning nine or ten games, which I think is fucking bonkers. And I think part of it is like I mean, yeah, I think that a lot of Colts Twitter is fucking delusional. But like I think a lot of it is they it's because of we had Andrew Luck who did win eleven games. Now AR is not even in the same fucking stratosphere as fucking Andrew Luck, but it's like the average rookie quarterback, I think wins like it's either three and a half or like four and a half. Like the average rookie head coach is like the same. And then like when you combine them together, it's just like the odds of us winning nine or 10 games is like, if that happens, go play the fucking lottery, dude. Like, how many, I mean, how I, many wins? I, I, I've given a lot of points, though, even outside of, like, I think, first off, I just think AR is not going to be anywhere near as bad as some people think. And I and I think, you know, I, and I think this team, like, last year, obviously it's a four-win team, but I think near the end of the year you can tell there was just, there was a bit of, like, and, and, and I'm I'm a firm believer that, uh, you know, going back to how Cole always introduced me as the guy that broke the, uh, the damn uh, Jim Harbaugh story. Well, in that story... Jim say basically said that we're tanking, right? So yeah, that team, that team, in all honesty, if they were trying to win every game, probably wins more than four games. They were not trying they to did. lose those games. How many, too. how many wins undisputed? And we'll go back to who you end up. So, so I've, I've yeah. said the entire time. I've said it's looking at like because I don't think the Jonathan Taylor moves the needle. Like we're talking that could be like plus or minus one win. Um, but so I said we split with the Texans, we split with the Titans, we lose both to the um, Jaguars, and then it's I think we get. Two, I think we get two wins at most out of the NFC South. Probably like the Panthers and the Bucks, I would say. Um, I think the Saints and the Falcons beat us, so that's four. 
and then I said we could sneak a win at like say like I said one or two like maybe the Rams maybe the Raiders um I don't I don't see us beating the Patriots because Bill Belichick just does good against rookies but like I mean even even the even the Browns even if it's not Deshaun Watson like freaking DTR looks good so like I just don't even know if we can get any wins I mean we're not going to beat the Ravens and even if I say we might win a game where we weren't supposed to like the Chiefs last year at the same time we're going to lose a game that we should have so like I just have us at five or six at the most and I'm really leaning towards probably five gotcha all right back to back to who uh, yeah Augustine how many how many wins we got no, yeah, I was around the same number, around five, because as of right now, the offensive line haven't uh, given me any um, evidence that uh, they will be able like to um, get a better performance. Like I would think, like if uh, this offensive line can get like the uh, two thousand, uh, what was that year? Uh, I think uh, 2018 level, I think it was, the 2018 level where uh, Marlon Mack, uh, like, run, like, you know, the, I, I still remember, I think, that picture from from the Kansas City Chief game that it, it was, like, the, the hole open there and, like, Marlon Mack, it looks like the, the Red Sea when Moses opened the, the Red Sea, something like that. So... Uh, if if we cannot get at least something some kind of level like that, like um, at the most with with uh, Anthony Richardson uh, traits um, and uh, mobility, and, uh, uh, at the most like five wins as as of now. Thanks, Augustine. Uh, we'll go yeah. back to Hu Yin. Uh, yeah, Hu Yin, go ahead. And I see you. Colts for life and Colts for life and Ray Love up next with their hands up. So, Huyen, uh, go me, ahead and wrap it around. I want, yeah, I want to freshen up. Uh, my other question was I want to freshen up the space, and I want to bring another player into the scenario because we have two players that we drafted around the same time, and the other guy is Michael Pittman Jr. And lately I've not been hearing much of him in, in training. I've all heard about Josh Down and Alec Pierce and the amazing catches they've been making. Say, let me throw the scenario out here. JT gets traded wherever. We get, let's say, second could be one depending on some material rather it's get to the that team gets into the playoffs or they go deep or snap count whatever and it turns into a conditional one depending on all those metrics get hit and gets traded and let's say Alec Pierce has an amazing sophomore year Josh Downs turns out to be you know the next coming of TY and looks amazing what do you guys do and you're in a pretty good spot in the draft what are, you, are you guys still signing great uh, Michael Pittman you looking into free agency, or are you ready to move on from him too? I want to hear what you guys think about that scenario. Yeah, I'll go first. Um, yeah, I've been pro signing before we signed JT. Um, I wanted the extension this year. I completely understand Ballard's rationale of let's see how they fit in the offense. I think the price only goes up for Pittman after this year. Um, we'll see. Probably doesn't have enough catches uh, to really warrant the biggest payday just on volume just because how rookie quarterback situation, Pierce coming up, uh, who knows the run game, what the scheme's going to be. But, I mean, I think he's a borderline wide receiver one. So I think you have to pay him whether you want to or not. And it's a completely different scenario than Jonathan Taylor. Good wide receivers only come up so often, and 
Pitt Jr.'s proven to be a good enough receiver to make. So um, you give, you'll give him uh, above above market value, or would you do the tag? Oh, I'd I'd sign him above market value. Yeah, I don't I don't think the tag. Regardless how a season goes, regardless of the season. Oh well, play. regardless of the season, I mean, he he has to at least play. I would say over twelve games have over five touchdowns uh, flirt with over 650 700 yards for me to be completely fine with just paying him market value of a bottom tier wide receiver one what if Alec Pierce goes for like 100 catches 1200 yards and probably like seven touchdowns that's fine. We got Pierce another two years on his rookie deal. So, so, the, so whatever the other two. So you're saying whatever the other two receivers do would not affect Michael Pittman Jr. Yeah, contract. I'm saying I'm saying pay P- Pittman if he produces like 75, 80 percent of what he has in the past okay. few years. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. Go ahead. Anybody else? Just go ahead and unmute. Or replace him with Marvin Harrison Jr. No, don't do that to me, Blue Nation. I don't want to oh, hear no. it. We got a whole I, season I, to play, baby. There's, yeah. there's a. There's we a have tight people. end in there. Does anybody know about that? Because I've been hearing a lot of good things about there's a tight end in this upcoming draft too. That hold, I was asking. Hold, hold on, Huyen. Uh, basically, good Lord. let's do let's do round robin of of would you pay Pitt Junior um, scenarios? What you would pay him, Huyen, and then uh, we'll get back to your tight end question and then uh, move on to the next hand. So Pittman Junior, uh, quick uh, blurb on if you'd pay him or not. Just go ahead and, and come off mute. Uh, what it would take to pay him bottom tier wide receiver one money? Yeah, pay him. I mean, if we're talking about giving him money, maybe go to four year, seventeen to eighteen mil a year. I'd be good with that. Just hop in. Uh, anybody who wants to chime in real quick about Pitt Junior money, bottom tier wide receiver one. What does he have to do to prove it to uh, this organization? Four years, eighty six million. What I'm sorry, what? I'd say Damn. 484, something like that, about 21 a year. Oh. I think I will I will do, use as a reference uh, a Christian Kirk contract with the Jaguars as a point of of uh, starting. Like uh, I think he's a uh, average 18 million a year on that contract. So I will think something similar for uh, Michael Pittman Jr. Mm-hmm. Real quickly, can someone tell me what the tag is for a wide receiver right now? I'm trying to wide see. Re- yeah. Wide receiver tag, I believe, is around, what is it, like 20 or 21? I think it had to be more than that, to be honest. Yeah, I, that, the, well, the thing is, I think right now it's about. Franchise, franchise tag for um, wide receiver right now, it's uh, 19743000 oh, so, so we would have to offer it more than that then, right? So well, te- technically, yeah. So, what? Well, oh, actually, no, no, that's transit. Okay, yeah. So yeah, it's nineteen point seven million. So I mean, the thing is, you technically can offer more than that, but I mean, it all depends on exactly where they're at. I don't know exactly what, what, or if Michael Pittman has a number in mind, but I mean, I mean, if that is the case, then I mean, just make it like right around. 20 if we're being honest. And, and the situation is that uh, Michael Pittman is not in a rush. He knows that either way he's going to get paid. 
either uh, the Colts will pay him, either another team will pay him. So he's well, not yeah. enough. All right. Well, I mean, he's he's playing it correctly, so that that's just what it is. Not only that, but the thing is, if he ends up having his best year ever, he ends up going for let's just say fourteen, fifteen hundred this year, and is amongst like top in the league. Then you have this year to go off of in terms of his production and what he just put up. So yeah, I, like Chris, no, I have he's no fourteen, fifteen hundred. I'm yeah. shedding a tear because yeah, we're in the nine win range, baby. <laughs> Uh, well, so I, the thing is, it's I don't necessarily think that it's it's something where he is absolutely just going because I don't think that if we're looking at nine wins, I don't think nine wins indicates that it's just like it's just going to be bad. Like we we literally dumbed down our offense where we weren't throwing at one point more than fifteen yards, and he still had almost a hundred catches and then only had nine hundred twenty five yards. Like it's <laughs> if, if that's in, if that's I'm going to say an indication of volume, then, I mean, yeah, sure. But, I mean, now you actually have somebody who could potentially get it to him, and you remember what happened when we had, you know, Carson Wentz's dumbass, you know, a couple years back. Damn. He was throwing the ball to Michael Pittman, and Michael Pittman was out there getting it against Marlon Humphrey, against 49ers defense. I mean, he's proven that he can do it, but he just has to be able to do it consistently. But if he does this year with AR, then why not? Yeah. Let's get a uh, let's get cap for life in here. Uh, new to the program. Uh, thanks for hopping on. I believe first time. Uh, cap for life. Go ahead. Uh, what do you got? We're talking Michael Pittman, but feel free to uh, talk about any Colts news uh, you would like. Cap for life. Thanks for coming on. Oh, th- th- thank you, thank you for having me on the program. Yes, I'm just uh, wandering through the the, the Twitter Twitterverse and. Uh, Yes, you know, I, I, I lay my head in Miami, so the, the inquiries for me are, are, you know, somewhat intriguing with, with what you guys have to say. I mean, I just want to know, from an outsider's perspective, with the amount of offers you guys are being provided right now that are starting to become, I guess, more and more, like, smoke-filled, because when there's smoke, there's fire. Sure. How serious do you guys think Philadelphia is in trying to acquire Jonathan Taylor from you guys? So the guy I trust most said Phil, the Colts reporter I trust most said Philly aren't in it. Um, that kind of got published, pushed around by one of his bigger rivals uh, who's been very inaccurate in the past. So I think the keys, uh, the key smoke I've heard Miami, he said he's heard Miami provided an offer there's another team who has an offer out there it could be the bears who have been confirmed to have interest the rams have confirmed interest philly does not have confirmed interest um so those are those are the three teams the the rams the bears and the dolphins who have confirmed interest and the only confirmed offer is from the dolphins that's that's fascinating because we're getting we're getting through our pipeline we're getting uh Word about a second, a fifth, and Swift involved in, in, in the trade with Philly's proposal. Yeah, I mean, as a Colts, again, this is this is a Colts space. Um, so we would be all for that. I mean, anything that is a mid-second round at this point, I think we're tired of, you know, a lot of the Jonathan Taylor narrative. We're really ready to talk about Anthony Richardson, what this offense is with the new head coach, offensive coordinator. So... I mean, if if that's if if that's the offer to beat, we're more than happy that that's the offer to beat. 
Yeah, because we we're, we're rumored to be in it. You know, I, I guess it's like the biggest news, but we're not really hearing compensation wise. But it's just funny to me how we can find out Philly's compensation, but it's Fort Knox in Miami. It's just it's it's very very strange. Yeah, yeah, it could be could be too that they've been the preferred destination all along. Um, Jonathan Taylor's agent has uh, liked many posts. Uh, pre-trade request saying JT should be in Miami. So who knows if that's been back-channeled the whole time. Um, if there is a contract uh, opportunity on the table for JT from Miami and not from other teams, um, what what strings they're going to pull to try and get the Colts to say yes, talking him down to other teams. That way Miami is the only offer on the table so that JT you know goes there and then does get the extension he wants. Maybe that's part of it too, but um, yeah, a lot, a lot of question marks in the air. Yeah. For sure. Real quick before I get off, and thank you for having me on here, man. It's just yeah, thank uh, you. It, it's it's for me. It's just with with you bringing that up, and, and we were hearing that last night about I guess McDaniel having relationships with uh, certain agents, and, and one of those agents happens to be Jonathan Taylor's agent, and I guess the the familiarity with the scheme. I, I just feel like, for me, Ursay's never given away a running back. He's never really paid a running back, I guess. You guys can really tell me yes or no. Has he ever paid Marshall Falk, Joseph Adai, or Edron no, James? not a second contract. Edron James special occasion because he, it was the rookie. No salary cap on the rookie scale, so he got a seven deal. Edge being really the, really the only one. Correct. Yeah, so for me, I mean, if Ursay's going to do this, and he wants to really do this. I mean, if he's going to do it in the AFC, he's 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 crazier than what I thought. But I just think we're a little bit more crazier in Miami, and we're willing to beat the crazy train. But man, if we're going to set the market in the running back era, when the running backs are getting screwed, I would like to think that every running back in the NFL is going to say thank you to the Miami Dolphins if this does go down. <laughs> I'm yeah. sorry, but the the running backs are not getting screwed. They screw themselves when whenever they agree to the collective bargaining agreement signed by the C. Uh, yeah, but the problem is the franchise tag has been the same for almost ten years, and that's on the NFL. Yeah, so running I, back I, has been ten, and, 10 plus. And, I think it's like it and, only moved like a quarter of a million, or, or not even a right, million. And, right, and based on the, they have to base that like you know, a, a you know the the salary. Uh, for each position based on the shelf life. Like maybe they will have to do a, 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 a sudden change for... Yeah, but uh, that, that, that shelf life narrative for me, I, 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 I'm I sorry, I was about to get off, but that shelf life narrative for me is just, I don't buy it, man, especially in fantasy football. When you got three of the top five first-round picks in fantasy football are all running backs. The production is there. Yeah. I mean, uh, fantasy football is not, like, that's just... Like the, just because the the top picks are running backs, it's yeah. But you're basing your contract on the running backs. You got freaking CMC got paid sixteen million. He was like a top three running back in yeah, fantasy. And, he did and, something and, and, that he no set the market last year. Before. Yes, okay, oh, but but, but and that's also because most people are playing PPR leagues, which means just for him. Being that's a fine, but I'm just telling you, CMC got is, paid. That's not fantasy. That's real. I, I okay, okay, but since he got owners... paid, he also he also missed a ton of time, um, and then he he got. He got that pick because 
he actually is a route runner, a pass catcher, a pass blocker. So you're, you're saying to me John Lynch didn't help the San Francisco 49ers by acquiring Christian McCaffrey and, and helping them get to the playoffs? I mean, did, did, did that move the needle? No. You that don't think it moved the needle? I, I, honestly, I don't think a running back uh, adds come that on, much. I think he moves the needle more than other running backs because his ability to catch. Yeah, do 16 million a year moved the needle for me. Do, do I think that he moved the needle uh, more than any other running back would because of what he does? Because if he's an actual three down back and actually, uh, you know, pass, you know, catches passes, you don't have to take him out on third down. Like, that's the problem with JT is he isn't these things. Undisputed. If, if uh, John Lee. Uh... John Lynch didn't do the trade for McCaffrey. I can assure you 100% that the Niners wouldn't make the playoff last year. That's, I mean, that's the Niners absolutely would have made the playoff. Well, that's a different debate to have. All I'm saying is if Howie Rosen pulls this off, he'll be up there with, with Scott Pioli and he'll be up there with Ozzie Newsom as one of the top GMs in NFL history. I think the issue is the, 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 the thing that screwed over the running backs is because I think before the Todd Gurley. Uh, the 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 contract the Le'Veon Bell and Ezekiel Elliott really ruined because three of those guys all got paid uh, and none of them performed after they got paid. Le'Veon Bell basically sat out a whole year in Pittsburgh. He even regretted it. Went to the Jets. They paid him a lot of money. The man was never the same. Todd Gurley was one of the best running backs I've ever seen in a long time. And as soon as he got paid, the man was not there anymore. Same thing for Elliott. So I think that's what everybody's looking at, the fact that once these – could it be their legs? Could it be they're not as hungry as anymore? Who knows? Just, Gurley uh, had arthritis in his knees. I think we need to understand that. I don't think that was yeah. ever confirmed, but I heard that too, yeah. yeah. Gurley got into the Super Bowl. I mean, Leonard Fournette got the Bucks to the Super Bowl, even though he was, you know – Mediocre at the time, but he was still but a bell cow. I don't think Leonard was paid though. Leonard wasn't paid. No, no, he got paid three Leonard. years, almost twenty-eight million or twenty-five. Dude, did, you, did you know that no teams ever that was won a after Super Bowl because when they picked him up, they had him on a one-year, five million dollar deal. Yeah, I know. Pacheco was uh, uh, Pacheco was pretty much you know you got him in the seventh round and he got the the Patriots. I mean the not the Patriots, the Chiefs to the Super Bowl also. But what I'm telling you right now is like if you try saying if you try saying that narrative to a guy like Austin Eckler. A guy like Josh okay, Jacob, a guy like catch passes at an elite level and not just running the ball, and that's what needs to be understood here. The correct. most valuable running backs right now can pass block and can actually catch correct. and run routes. So guess yeah. so McCaffrey got that contract because he had a thousand yard, thousand yard no, year. And he's damn near a top fifteen receiver in the league on top of being a great running back. Elijah, that's what I always say. I said as a runner back, if you want more money, do more things. Like just don't Swear. be a don't be a cowbell, and McCaffrey being – I think it's very unfair using McCaffrey money to all these other people. Okay, Austin Eckler. You don't think Austin Eckler is deserving of $15 million? Not I think Austin Eckler is about – he's about 12, I think, because of his pass catching ability. Okay, yeah, let's let's put it like that. But with inflation coming up next year with the cap going up, it's going to be up there for a whole bunch I, of positions. And the running back position right? should not be left behind. These guys are doing a hell of a lot more than receivers are. I think Dude, what I Nick Chubb got was fair, though. I think what Nick Chubb got was fair. Nick Chubb should have got yeah. more. I mean, you're talking about guys that make eight, right. nine, ten million uh, a year. How's that not fair? Like, come on, dude. Go, go ahead. Uh, final thought. Uh, cap for life, uh, and we'll circle back to you. But got some yeah. hands up for some. No, yeah, uh, cold, I just uh, centric. But no, no. Appreciate the conversation. It's all relevant to yeah, have no, running it's back great, man. Compensation. It's, it's, yeah, it's it's good stuff to hear right now, man. As far as a Dolphin fan, we hate it because it's always been like that with Debo. 
you know, uh, Jordan Poyer, Bobby Wagner, Dalvin Cook. Like, we always hear, oh, everybody wants to come to Miami. But with this, man, if you got Barry Jackson, who's like a local Miami beat reporter who never breaks stories like this, he's broken like six or seven updates on this situation. And I'm telling you, where there's smoke, there's fire, man. I mean, regardless if we get him or not, we are making an inquiry push for him. What's your what's your top dollar? What's your what's your top compensation that you'd be okay Man, with the Dolphins? In, in our situation right now, we got like six first round picks that we have to pay, and we got to make sure all of them nail. Uh, pretty much, we got to pay our guys coming up, and that's what screws us over for having six first round picks. But I would say just spread out the money in years. If he wants to do a six year deal and get paid in a certain manner, where it's like a, a little bit over the franchise, like at twelve. And you do a six-year deal, go ahead and do it. I mean, what about, you can, uh, what about trade compensation for the Colts? Uh, what the would Colts, you say the I, highest I pick would be okay with your Dolphins giving up? You guys, I think. Correct me if I'm wrong. I, I, you guys need an edge rusher. You guys need pretty much a receiver if you're talking about Pittman. And you guys pretty much, you know, you need O line. O line, yeah, guard mostly, but yeah. yeah so we would sure. pro- we would probably give you Eichenberg, Agba, and Cedric Wilson. And if you want some draft compensation, we'll throw that oh, in there also. God. Yeah, that'll be tough. That'll that be is, tough. That Appreciate it, Cap, uh, for life. We'll, we'll circle back. Got some hands up Appreciate here. Appreciate you, man. Have a good night, guys. Yeah, yeah, thank you. Uh, come back anytime, man. Uh, I think Ray Love was next, and I see you, the buzz, the buzzer with LMAC um, up too. So, so Ray Love, go ahead. Uh, thanks for being patient. No problem, no problem. I, I wanted you guys to, to get that running back conversation and get that out your system. Um, but I was going to switch the combo. Um, I seen something. While I, I was scrolling while we were on here, and I seen something about the Jaguars are about to take over the AFC South and are about to cause hell for the Colts and all the other teams in the division. And I want to get you guys' thoughts on why do we why are we putting the Jaguars on a pedestal when the Jaguars backed in to the to, to a championship last year and mind you the Tennessee Titans lost seven straight games and then the division still came down to that one last game of the season so correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I I just can't buy the hype yet, and I and I'm being I'm not being a homer. I'm just being more realistic, and I I, I just don't see how they are held in s- such high regard. I'm not saying they're 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 trash or anything, but I'm just saying I just don't understand the hype when you backed in to the playoffs and and the championship. Wait, so, what do you mean? Ba- what do you mean backed in? Well, what, if a team is leading their division. And they lose seven straight games, and for you to win a division title, it comes down to that last game. So I, I kind of equate that to backing I, their way in. Well, I, w- I would say part of it is just because I mean, you look at like you look at the situation they had the first year with Trevor Lawrence, that Urban Meyer situation. I think it was just a full on disaster. I mean, they have a true generational prospect in in Trevor Lawrence, and. You know, it did. I think that first season was not to really make. I don't like making excuses for rookies, but kind of give him the slight benefit of the doubt, just because 
the Urban Myers stories do seem fucking crazy, like what was going on there. Um, and so it, I mean, it took him a little bit to get going. Um, but if you look at the last, I think a lot of the reason where you see the hype with the Jaguars is because if you look at the last, I think it's the last nine weeks of the season, um, maybe nine or 10, something like that. Um, Trevor Lawrence was, was arguably the best quarterback in football. I mean, it, it took him a little bit to get going, but I mean, once he did, and once he started rolling, I don't know if there was a quarterback in football better than him. Um, he was like 16, 17 touchdowns, like one or two interceptions over this time period. I mean, he was playing as good a football as you could get. Um, and then you have to think that at the same time, they had, you know, you so they're a year removed from that. They get a draft. You know, I think they added to their defense. I don't know too much of who they added, but for, we discussed it before. But then they got Calvin Ridley, who was just on the sideline that people forgot that they had. And just because he – I know it's it's taken – it's like the Deshaun Watson taking the year off because of the situation. Calvin Ridley is young still and was obviously still working out because if you've seen him working out, he looks – I mean, you see his route running and stuff in camp. He looks good. So, I mean, it's very justified. I mean, they are the clear, clear favorites for the division. So, I mean, it's, it's, I don't think it's really putting them on a pedestal. I think it's really just seeing, I mean, they got Kirk and uh, Ridley with, with a talent like Trevor Lawrence. I mean, it's, it's their division for now. I mean, we, the, the Titans, the Texans, and us are clearly not as good as what they are right now. I'll yeah. agree for right now, but I don't think we're very long. Like, you know what I mean? Like, one, we'll see how Ridley does. Like, he's going to be rusty as fuck. But their defense still isn't that good. And, I mean, I think Indy's kind of shown us throughout the last 24 years, if you don't have a good defense, it's not going to equate to – so you might win the division. And especially yeah. as bad as the division is. You are probably – you're right. You'll, they'll probably win the division this year. That being said, they're still a losing franchise and losing teams. When they get to that next step, they don't know how to react. When they, you know what I'm saying? I, I mean – I mean, yeah, I get, I get that, but like when you say losing franchise, that really, I mean, everyone's a losing franchise right up until you win it. So it's just like it's not, you know, Philly or you know, like I'm trying to think of an example. Right, you know, but like but, think of the Browns. Think of the Browns. No matter yeah. what they do, they're always bad. Yeah. Uh-huh. They still were. I mean, we'll see what they do this year. I mean, Jaguars year. have been to a Super Bowl and stuff. They've had very good teams. And stuff. No, they haven't. Been, they've you, never been to a Super they've Bowl. They've had maybe didn't two. They, didn't they? Nope. I thought they did they've make it to. Mark Brunel didn't no, make it to. Oh, no. They've, they've, they've never made it to a Super Bowl. Uh, okay, so just they've, AFC Championship games. Yeah, so, AFC yeah. Championship games, which isn't yeah. terrible for a team. Which isn't. I mean, that's pretty somewhat impressive for a team that's only existed since, what, 99? Yeah, since like 99. Yeah, but but the so. end of the day, like I, they're pro. Like I agree, you have to consider them the de facto favorites. I still think the division's not off the table for us. So that's neither here nor there. But I think they're they're a team to beat. If you I mean whoever wins the division, the most recent is automatically de facto the team to beat, regardless of what happens in any off season. But to think they're gonna, I do think they're gonna become some fucking juggernaut. It's gonna basically look like the the late '90s to mid 2000s Colts is, or you know, and look at the Manning era Colts. Is not it's not going to happen. This team maybe has one, maybe two more seasons of, of winning the division before I, I, I think we we write the ship. To be brutally honest, right, I mean, thank but you, that's, I thank think, you, I, Eli. Hold I, on, undisputed. A oh. uh, couple hands up. Uh, okay. Thank you, thank you for introducing that, Ray Love. Um, let's go to the buzzer with L Mac. 
Um, and then I see you Z Farm, and then uh, Colts Nation, Colts for Life back, hands up. The Buzzer uh, with L Mac. Um, how's it going? Thanks for coming on. First time. Uh, what uh, what Colts topic do you want to talk about uh, today? Oh, hey guys. Um, well, I I back to the Jaguars. I do think that they are going to run this division for a long time, especially because Trevor just because what Trevor Lawrence is going to bring. Uh, with the weapons they have already, I really don't see a world where they don't win the division this year, but for years on, as long as he stays there. But the main thing I wanted to talk about today was uh, Anthony Richardson. I feel like he's a big Colts topic now in terms of what he's going to bring to the table. I think people say he's super duper a super duper raw prospect, and I think they don't give him the credit for uh, how um, savvy he truly is, and how and how um, he's not to- coming in totally super duper raw. Like he had, he has accuracy issues, but he's not as raw as people think he is. If you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, I think there's a good chance that he gets opened up with the run game. Like, it sucks that Taylor's looking like he will not be an Indianapolis goal. Right. But hey, you 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 roll and adapt. And I think Steichen, what he did with Hertz, um, with a running back by committee offense. He, of course, the Eagles do have very good wide receivers. Ours are most unproven. Right. Pittman can Pittman can do some damage, but if Pierce steps up downs the the third round wide receiver slot receiver um come comes up to become what uh, a lot of people are expecting who knows we can kind of turn it into that long ball type read and react uh offense definitely and and richardson can run up the middle and i'm looking forward to it i think steichen again i don't want to insult anybody's Football IQ, I don't know, Richardson. I don't know enough about football IQ to be able to judge it. But what I'm right. saying is I think Steichen is able to be like, read this, read this. If you don't see either of these few things you want to throw it to, get out of the pocket and run, get a few yards, get out of bounds, slide. Like That's what I think we're going to be good at. And I think what takes it over the top and why you draft a guy like Richardson is his deep ball arm talent. And we For have sure. jump ball catchers like Pierce and Pitt. And I think when you have those two guys on the outside, anything can happen. For sure. Michael, yeah, Michael Pittman, I think, is a guy I think we still desire. We want more from him in terms of what we've been given. I think he can do a lot more. But he still is a super-duper great deep ball, um, big threat catch. And I do agree with what you said about Steichen. I think he can – simple make that offense simple enough for Richardson to succeed like it doesn't have to be like I thought Jalen Hurts was going to be super raw of a prospect coming in I didn't think he was gonna I thought he was gonna struggle a lot um but you saw how he got he developed and became a pretty good passer the jump from year two to year three for uh Jalen Hurts was huge um so I think Anthony Richardson, I think Steichen could set up that offense to be easier for him. And then you just have that arm talent. He's got one of the strongest arms in the league already. Um, and then Alec Pierce is somebody who I'm expecting to develop into a great slot receiver. He's 
he's quick. He can get down the field fast. He showed flashes last season. So the dude can uh, the dude can uh, be really good if he feels like it. Um, but like I said, Pittman is a guy I feel like we want more of. I uh, want to see more like production from because we know he can do it. But um, to be fair, he hasn't really been given like he's been given opportunities, but he hasn't really been given a real number one quarterback. Of course, they've been you guys have been through multiple quarterbacks in the last couple of years. Um, but you know what else? I do think of it, I do think drafting Richardson was the right choice, but I also think that y'all should have kept Carson Wentz. I didn't think his year, the year y'all had with mm-hmm. him was that bad. I think, I think it was a risk to get rid of him and get Matt Ryan. I would have rather kept Carson Wentz, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, I would have, I would have tend to agree. Um, especially also have living past, they're living through this past year. Uh, I think, I think Wentz, Wentz is more on, off the field, though, to be honest. His well, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was Ursay and Wentz didn't get along. COVID right. things. Um, Reich being on the hot seat. Reich being, you know, hey, prove it with this quarterback and then prove it with Ellinger. Um, but, yeah, I digress. Uh, the buzzer. We'll keep you on here. Uh, but I'm going to try and get through all these hands and, and wrap it up here all right. within, a, within a few minutes. Appreciate it, the buzzer. Uh, yep. Z Farm. Uh, Ravens fan, uh, go ahead, Z Farm, and then we'll finish it up with some regulars and uh, get out of here. Z Farm, Ravens fan, what do you got uh, about uh, anything pressing with the Colts? Thanks for coming on, Z Farm. Yeah, what's going on? Uh, I wouldn't say I'm a reporter for the team, but I do have an inside source that has told me that the Ravens were interested and have received uh, one of the messages from the Colts about Jonathan Taylor. Uh, I personally don't know why Baltimore would be interested because we have J.K. Dobbins, we have Gus Edwards. And we have a UDFA named Keaton Mitchell, who's been uh, pretty solid in camp so far, especially today. He had an amazing camp day. But um, the real question is, uh, is there potential options that there could be a potential swap between maybe a J.K. Dobbins, who would be a cheaper option for you guys, probably a $7 million a year type running back, plus a second round pick. Uh, And later, this is another question as well. Would you guys possibly be interested in trading one of your defensive pieces at the deadline this year for – a first or second round compensation guy like Grover Stewart, uh, DeForest Buckner, or Kenny Moore this year. Because Baltimore would probably be looking to make another deadline splash this year like they have the last four years. Sure. Yeah, really appreciate that info. And again, to reiterate Z Farm, he's saying that um, Ravens, uh, his his sourcing, uh, or his sources, people he trusts, um, are saying second rounder uh, JT and then potential other running back. I think that's overpaying, honestly. Um, I'm curious what the Dolphins have an offer. So to recap right now, we have confirmed offer from the Dolphins and confirmed interest from the Rams and Bears. The Eagles rumor is apparently not valid, but who knows, you know, the truth in those things. But um, the ones I really believe in are really from people I really trust are Rams interest, Bears interest, Dolphins legit offer so uh, the Ravens could be the other team there are two offers on the table and the two teams who expressed interest have not given an offer that being the Bears and the Rams so could be interesting Um, honestly yeah I think a second and J.K. Dobbins would be honestly overpaying um, from from what Ballard would probably take 
But again, it's tough to say because there's so much stubbornness. Um, I love him. I love Ursay. I like Ballard. Uh, but there's a lot of stubbornness about when you say a first-round compensation, you actually are meaning it. Uh, but I think Ballard will hold out for the literal best available offer. But if it is a second and J.K. Dobbins, even a third, and J.K. Dobbins, I think... Ballard would take that and would he could pretty easily spin it as a win to the fan base so um yeah I would say that I would say that that's definitely doable as far as at the deadline um completely depend you know as well as I do completely depends on how the season goes uh if we're lower AFC South then yeah I could more so see Grover moving I don't know Ballard has this affinity for Buckner, which is good. Um, I still think it was the right trade to make at the time. I don't think we could have gotten up there for Herbert, but yeah, I don't think we wait, could have gotten wait, up there why, for Herbert. Hold why, on, hold why on, do you hold think on. We couldn't? No, there's no way. The the math didn't add out. We would have gotten jumped for. We've been over this a thousand times. We would have been jumped for Herbert like five times over. But I digress. Let's answer this question. Get through all the hands and get out of here. Um, n- no, probably not. Only because trade deadline deals for big players don't happen often. But if we're in a really bad spot, then sure. But aside from that, no. I, I hope I uh, answered your question, Z Farm. Go ahead, uh, Z Farm. Yeah, no, that's all. That's all I wanted to ask because uh, I I personally expect you guys to be bottom ten lead this year. No offense. Um, I just see Anthony Richardson taking that small leap this year, kind of like a Josh Allen type uh, season where he kind of. You know, he's all right, but he's he shows flashes, and then next year takes the step. But, um, yeah, no, thanks for answering the question. Uh, yeah, uh, one quick follow-up with you. So are you saying you think it's a second and a Dobbins, or are you thinking otherwise, or you've just heard the Ravens are interested? Um, from what I've just heard personally, that uh, Baltimore was contacted, and we made uh, – we, we contacted them back. We, we did not give them an offer. But if there was an offer, it'd probably include a swap just because both guys do want contracts. And like I said, J.K. is definitely the cheaper option, probably six, seven million dollars a year. Uh, but what he does this year could obviously change that. But right now, J.K. is the cheaper option and he's coming off injuries. So I, I personally think it's even just because J.T. is my opinion, top five guy. And we use our second round picks like we've not picked in the second round since I think 2018. So uh we don't we don't use a second round picks. So we use second round picks to trade, normally at the deadline uh, or just trade in general. But yeah, no. So I just wanted to ask, but we haven't made an official offer yet, from what I've been told at least. So we're just in there. We're in the, we're in the talk. We're in the pod basically. Understood. Thank you very much, uh, Z Farm. Any any uh, other thoughts uh, before I get to uh, the next hand up, Z Farm? Uh, no, that's it for me. Appreciate it. Uh, very much appreciate you coming on. We'll go to Blue Nation and then round out the heavy hitters on this space. Blue Nation, what do you got? What's your last parting shots for this Twitter space, Blue Nation? Um, with with um, MPJ, I believe that he would be he would get at least a four year deal, probably sixteen to fifteen million dollars. Okay. Yeah, uh, I think it'd be a little more. Um, 
from the from the annual dollar amount route obviously who knows with with guaranteed appreciate you holding that thought for that long man you have a bigger brain than i i would have immediately forgot that we were talking about that um but yeah i i again i hope to keep uh pitman for sure but yeah i mean at that price i'd be more than thrilled to get him um even at four years 20 million i'd be thrilled yeah to him. yeah because i'm not tired of this uh jt saga i hope we get this trade done and and send him off to a team where he does not succeed and <laughs> fails. Uh, yeah. I mean, as long as he's healthy, I don't really care. Uh, I hope he stays healthy. I don't wish ill will on a man's uh, health. Uh, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying I hope no. he fails. Yeah, I yeah, I I, I feel you. Um, yeah, I I kind of hope it'd be it'd be pretty funny poetry if we get him like. 300 carries this year and then we franchise tag him um and then tag him again the next year but but just look what happened to his former teammate uh nine hines he was crying to get traded and what happened when he got here towards acl yeah i mean yeah it's it's tough to toe that line of of being pro player but also like i root for the colts and like if you go against my team i'm gonna I'm gonna fucking not care what you do. So, yeah, good good points, Blue Nation. Um, we'll just get out of here. Have a good night. Yeah, thank you very much, Blue Nation. Please come back next week and halftime post game tomorrow. Only halftime tomorrow since it's preseason. Colts for life was next, and then I see a Huey and undisputed Eli. Colts for life. Final thought on tonight's Twitter space. What's up, man? All right, man. So we got to circle back to undisputed because you know I'm a Ballard homer, man. That's my guy. I was I wanted to keep him the whole time, <clears throat> and I know he said early a little bit earlier on that Ballard, outside of Quentin Nelson and Shaq Leonard, hasn't really drafted anybody. I just want to correct that fact. Chris Ballard is one of the better later round draftee drafters in the league. Oh I God! Mean, huh, huh? Hit me! Hit me with it. But, like, for real, though, I mean, like, what? Grover Stewart, Isaiah Rogers, Marlon Mack. I don't know. Someone else, correct me if I'm forgetting anybody else. But he has six or seven dudes that he drafted. Right. Right? Go off, King. Let him know. Talk that talk. I'm just, I'm just saying. I'm I mean, just... but there's – he's so, yeah, he has found some, like – he has been good at finding, like, off-ball linebackers, like, late and stuff. Like, but overall – he just hasn't – his draft strategy has been bad because he's ignored premium positions. He's – I mean, he's he's got a whole laundry list of really questionable fucking picks. And well, he's hold just, on now. You say, his, you say he's ignored premium, or premium spots. Let's, let's hold our horses on Michael Pittman. Okay, so, I mean, Michael Pittman can be a number one if you give him a consistent number one quarterback. Mm-hmm. Alec Pierce is going to – I think Alec Pierce is going to be one of the better two receivers in the league. And then Josh Downs is – I don't know if you saw the PFF thing and take that how you will. He's okay. one of the he's the top rated rookie receiver. So so I mean so you just listed a bunch of things and a bunch of things that are like well if this happens and if this happens and if it's so like nothing to do that with draft you know, picks, bro. Well, okay, but Michael Pittman's been here for this is his Michael Pittman Jr. has already established himself as a good receiver. Like I'm not. Gonna I mean. Up. Oh, okay. Like, I mean, he's been. But he's, don't say he's wide he's, receiver he's, one. Though. I'm gonna say he's a, he's a yeah, top twenty receiver. Let's not. Do you not think he's, he's least a top fifteen receiver 25. in the league? I th- I think that I think he's definitely had some bad luck with his quarterback play. I'm not taking that away from him, but he is still likely unproven to be a QB one. 
Yeah, or I mean, to be a wide receiver one. So you don't think he's even like top fifteen in the league, like at all? Ooh, he I mean, would dude, be very fringe top fifteen. Okay, if, I, I think mean, top fifteen is a wide receiver one. Is if, it not? I mean, I put I mean, him at fifteen. I, well, top thirty is wide my, receiver one. That's without that's without quarterback one play, consistent. You know I saying? mean, like, top fifteen is a stretch, dude. Like, you, if you really start like, thinking about you pay, it, you pay him twenty million a year. If yeah, you yeah. pay him twenty million a year if he's like yeah. wide receiver thirty three. And even then, look where he was picked. He should be having. He should have shown. Now again, we can do this with. We can play off this. You know, it has been a, a, a you know roller coaster of different revolving door of quarterbacks. But like, yeah. I mean, dude, there's the Ben – for every, like, okay, Michael Pittman thesis, there's the Ben Benagos, and there's fucking taking Paris Campbell when DK Metcalf was still there, and there's trading for a defensive tackle when you are have a 38-year-old quarterback. There's – I mean, there's all – Right, but let's – And, and then, there's been his, then there's been his whole strategy of, like, guys that have been hurt that, like, but they have high RAS scores and shit, and, like, he's never really gone and got, like, you, you know, I, oh. I wish we would have actually went and got, like, a real – marquee edge rusher you know he our pass rush has not been great outside of you know uh uh of buckner like it's just he has not his strategy question been. about ballard yeah have you ever won the division title with ballard at, at gm no <laughs> that was an easy answer but <laughs> no okay so back to it though so you said we we traded for a defensive tackle in buckner Unprecedented retire, early retirement, by the way, of one of the best quarterbacks. The guy that would have been one of the best quarterbacks of all time has to be weighed here. Has to be right. weighed here. Right, exactly. Okay, yeah, yeah, no, it not, is, but no you can't GM keep using that excuse. That I'm not going to keep using it. Yeah. I mean, it was over. A, the excuse was done in when we acquired Wentz. But, okay, yeah. but let's, let's be realistic here, right? Year one when they get – uh, Rivers after Luck retires, that's Ursay because I don't know if y'all remember. Ursay said that this well, there's the Brissett year, quarterback away Rivers from competing, right? Well, Brissette that was a week Rivers. before the season. He said that, that the team was yeah. ready, was a veteran quarterback away from competing, right? So Ursay pushed for and went or not went. Oh my god, and uh, which, which wasn't for, true to begin with, but yeah, Ursay and uh, Wright pushed for Rivers, then they pushed for Wentz, and then last year Ursay pushed for uh, Matt Ryan. So at the end but of the so, day, so Ballard, I think Matt so Ryan is just ab- it has always so been just absolved of, of all Ballard's these QBs. Decision. Matt Ryan but, but, fell in the lap. Do you really though. like? I don't. I don't understand where this comes from. This I've never, and I've in cold space. I've asked this before. I've never actually seen this confirmed. Where it's just all because when they got Wentz, he went out and said, "We got our guy." That's what Ballard said. We got our what, guy. Okay, but what's he like, going to? What's he going to say? So, so the GM. So at the same time, I hear from people in here saying that like Ballard's this tough negotiator. He gets what he wants. But at the same time, he's the GM in charge of the roster. But yet, the 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 coach is undercutting him to go to the owner to get a quarterback. Like this doesn't. None of this makes sense. And I've never seen this backed up. All this, all this has ever seen like is just Ballard apologist coming I'm up with excuses that didn't for pull bad QBs I'll t- not I'll, being his. I've seen that confirmed that 100 percent that the Wentz thing was right. Right, I'm gonna say because, Ballard but, pulled the trigger. Okay, so Ballard obviously had a say, but to say that his decision was not heavily influenced is silly. Yeah, Ballard wanted Fields that year. He was gonna trade up for Fields. I mean, well, I've just never. This has been rumored right, and like I don't. I've never so, seen this. Confused. Let's be real. Do you know? Richardson, hold on, hold on. Probably gonna take Fields. Yeah, hold on. I can get to the root of where it was rumored from. It's the love them. It's the blue crew guys. 
that's where they get the Ballard info. Who and is it that? comes straight from Ballard. It's like, uh, what, like, Brent was on earlier, both Brents, they have the bus, they have the $40 fee to join their tailgates. Ballard comes on their show, mixes it up with them a little bit every year or so. That's where the that's where the Wentz uh, info came from. Of Frank Reich pushed Wentz to Ursay to get it. I would love to and see that, and that Ballard would have drafted Fields. That comes from that group who is in cohorts with the uh, general manager. That's where that whole narrative came from. When when, sure. when do we start turning our attention to Jim Ursay? Because outside, no, of we don't. Luck, what are you gonna do? What are you gonna do? His team has, I... been the three, has been the multiple AFC Championship games, and Super Bowls with him as owner. Like what the fuck? But Elijah, he had Manning and Luck. Like after Manning and Luck, okay, there's nothing yeah, okay, else. Okay, but like the AFC what about stack, He came within a drop years. pass of a 1996 Super Bowl appearance. Like, yeah, like come on, man. He's 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 fine. Like, Ursay no, loves the team. What do you want his daughters to do? Like, but they won't do anything Ursa, different. That's the right? thing, though. We can all agree. Can we all agree the JT situation got? Ten times worse with what no, Mercy because said. he already demanded the two. It was always going to be bad. It was always going to be bad, no matter what Jim Mercy said. They were never going to mm-hmm. offer him a contract. He was never going to step on the field. So they were always going to throw shade. But you don't. But you don't say that publicly on social Andy media. Andy Reid just said the same agree. shit about no, Chris Jones. Well, we've all established that the tweet yeah. was wrong, right? But yeah, at the, end the tweet of the day, was wrong. It changes yes. nothing. And that's all I meant. That's all I was asking you guys. Like, to, like to get like, how hard did he make it for Chris Ballard to calm down the water? I mean, but you I said you said to move on from Jim. But remember, so in the group chat, we've just, I, I'm, and I'm not going to say it's confirmed, but it's heavily implied that the team forced Jonathan Taylor to play, and that's where that's where this relationship yeah. was ruined. Yeah, and that's Reich, right? Or was that was that Saturday? That would probably be Reich. No, it'd been Saturday. It was Saturday. I don't think Saturday would have that much. No, no, power. no, it would be right. Yeah. Well, Saturday shut. Saturday <laughs> shut down Shaq Leonard, so it would have been right. Yeah, it would have been. It would have been right. So well, if hey, it's right, that's you know. Yeah. I don't know. Oh yeah. Tough. So I understand that the the tweet it was bad timing and and it's been and like it wasn't even directed at Jonathan Taylor, but he had already demanded a trade before that happened. So it's not no, like the, it was the, a big. The, the trade didn't happen before then. The trade. No, no, no he the trade demanded the a trade before us. Right. Yeah, he demanded that the trade had already been asked for before the uh, tweet. So that that tweet didn't really move much of the needle. I think from from what I heard, that tweet came out. Then another tweet came out where he tried to clarify it. Then that's when he traded. The bus meeting was after he requested. That's not what I. I mean, what I. No, he requested. Well, yeah. He requested the trade before it didn't become public until after he got off the bus. Ian Rappaport Mm. got tipped off as he was going onto the bus that that would be the outcome. But he had requested to Ballard the trade a few days before. Yeah, I, from I what I Ursay spoke though. Was it before Ursay put out the the CB? Well, Ursay tweeted before. Ursay tweeted before the bus meeting, and yeah. then Ursay told the media after the bus meeting, directly after the bus meeting, the tweet about the after... like NFL moves on without you. The tweet was after the running backs had the Zoom call. That was his reply to that, if I remember right. At that point, was JT still uh, a day or two transfer? later? Yeah, a day okay. or two later. So it was I after some JT contract stuff. And, I thought. And I then think I it think, was directly after. And then I think uh, JT's agent then uh, replied on that uh, Jimmy says 
Yep. Uh, and that's around the same time. I think that's when the trade request got. Yeah, and he said that like, like you pay, like you like, uh, like you. I think he re uh, replied saying like, like uh, you don't, you don't want to pay uh, your best players or something like that. Yeah, best offense. Uh -huh. Yeah, I, I mean, okay, so I think I think we're kind of deadlocked on whether the tweet caused the trade demand. I, from from what I've seen, that's not the case. I, I don't think Jim Irsay has has escalated or made this such an has made the situation awful. I think I think it was gonna be it's gonna be where it's at regardless of what he had tweeted or what he had said. I, I, I mean, really think Ballard is very good at negotiating with players. I think if mm -hmm. Irsay never got involved, I think Ballard would have because Ballard would have went to JT say, Hey JT, I drafted you, I drafted Leonard, I drafted Quinn, uh, Quinn Nelson, I drafted uh, Pittman. And all the people that that has been on my roster that I've drafted, I've taken care of. And I Robert. think he would have been able, to, uh, been able to do that same thing, go over student and be able. But I think Ursay coming out and saying that, and the agent probably got in the head of JT and said, "Yo, you're not, you, they ain't paying you at all completely. You're done. It's over." I, I think, think well, Battle would have been able to step in and talk to him if he would have seen how he was or past the physical. I mean, I think that's a, it's a good point, uh, but I'm definitely not going to blame Ursa for this situation. Nor am I going to start saying things like. No, I, I just know, think it's unnecessary. That's the only thing. It's just okay, so yeah. I think it's more on, it's more on JT. I mean, we look at this. Like I said, I think that the health is a is a thing. Him having to play the season if they didn't shut him down, and he got upset about that. And then you add in the fact he hasn't been offered a contract. He probably feels as though that's disrespectful because, hey, I played last year when I was hurt. Now you're not going to invest in me in the future, and you haven't even offered me anything. That's worse than offering him six million dollars because you're not even—you you don't even know if you're going to be invested in that guy next next year. You know what I mean? So that I think, that that boils the water more than Ursa putting up the tweet. I believe. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, all right, guys. Nine minute warning. Um, we're gonna we're gonna cut this off at midnight. Um, Appreciate everybody coming on, but my question to the group next is, do we think JT's even healthy to get an approved trade, or if a trade's approved, to even go to the next team? Is his ankle even good enough to, you know, I think go to the next group team? Chat said he doesn't even have to pass a physical. He yes, does not. He does. No, Wait, what? He, he is going to take a physical, but teams can still I don't think he has to pass a physical. Teams can still to get traded, regardless. he does. If the team waives it, if the receiving team waives it, I don't think he has. That is, yeah. Oh, maybe if they waive it, I just didn't think. I didn't think a team would. Yeah, why would they? Well, I mean, here's the thing: the Colts know if he's actually hurt or not, and I guarantee you, they've let teams know if his. Someone said that he was hurt. Yeah, someone, and then Chad, I said something, and Chad liked that he is definitely hurt. By the way, ninety-nine. He's limping on the field. He's clearly something's up. I don't. Hey, I like I said earlier. I think he's. I think he's starting to. I think he's having like a. Like a mortality moment where, oh my God, I don't know how much longer I have left. I've got to do something. Go secure the bag, right? I actually, actually, Elijah, actually, like beginning of all this, before you even asked for trade, I alluded to that. I said this is his first major injury. On top of that, he had surgery, and mm -hmm. like well, yeah. at this point, at this point, if he doesn't secure the bag, like it could be his only chance. If you ever, if ever, anybody ever been injured, your very first injury. You really start questioning yourself. You don't, especially when you're coming back from something where it requires surgery or repair. You go back on the field. You're just scared that that may happen to you. And this guy knows. Oh, he's yeah. like, Yo, if I don't get, he's not, like, if I don't, because you know he's going to get hit every play. Every snap he touches that ball, he's mm -hmm. going to get hit. So I'm thinking he's literally got that in the back of his head. 
And that's why, like, if JT never got hurt or even the season didn't end the way it did last year, I think he would never have the problem. But because he had a surgery and it's his first major, like, I was surprised this man never even got hurt in college. Like, never missed a snap. Yeah, he was Iron it's Man. DeMarco, yeah. It's DeMarco Murray vibes for sure. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, Chris, uh, CJ Colts fan, let, let's get to him. He hopped back in. Uh, Christopher, thanks thanks for coming back on. What do you Oh, got? no, my bad. No, I was just, thought it was just an open discussion, but I was just hopping back in. Yeah, 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 open discussion. Go yeah, ahead. no, no, no. I'm, I'm just hoping to God that this doesn't end up just being an absolute crapshoot when it comes to these picks because I really do hate when Chris Ballard has a lot of picks because the man doesn't stay put. He likes to trade down. I think this was the first year he knew for a fact that he couldn't, like Ursay was probably saying, no, we're not going to trade down. But, I mean, it. I feel like oh, don't tell me Ballard would have done the Greg Doyle trade down for Hendon Hooker bullshit. I think I think Ballard would have, because Anthony Richardson is the perfect Ballard pick because it's the traits he's got all of the traits. This is this is the utmost indictment on Ballard's picking strategy. If Richardson works, if Richardson works, but it's the traits. He's been picking that way the whole time. If Richardson works, then Ballard's right. If Richardson doesn't work, then Ballard's fired and Ballard was wrong and his way well, of drafting goes well, away. The thing is, this is the utmost indictment on the Ballard well, pick strategy. Well, I think Richardson is also... Richardson is the ultimate insurance policy and absolutely, if he does well, then he got the athletic freak that, that was able to defy the odds coming out of college. But let's just say if for some reason Richardson doesn't pan out, and I'm not wishing bad luck on him at all but the thing is if he doesn't pan out then it's just like well we knew going into it that he might have just been this quote-unquote project so that's the way that they would go about like having that reasoning Uh, i think it's just like it's easy for ballard to say you know we're not gonna trade up and go after you know a cj stroud or something like that because of the fact that if you end up trading up then it's just like okay yeah we traded up got our guy and then that's going to be an even further indictment because you lost picks in that. But staying put, getting Richardson, who, like I said, athletically was probably like one of the best out there. Yeah, absolutely. But uh, it's I, honestly, it, Richardson is a very safe pick with probably like an extra insurance, pol- insurance no. policy behind it. I'm saying he's I, the I, I opposite of safe. I disagree. He's like a gamble. Uh, it's a gamble. Uh, um, Ballard is just doing a gamble. He he bought two years more as a GM right now, because uh, as I said before, this first year with Richardson might be like the uh, a pass year for him from Demersi, but next year the second year from AR like he has to deliver. Like he needs to get improved uh, both in uh, a, you know um, drafting and also free agency on a. Uh, my stance on Ballard change uh, uh, the the year that he let the Nico Autry walk. Okay, yeah, that's fair. Like, and uh, like uh, uh, he has done questionable moves. Uh, I agree with undisputed that most most fans had uh, give him a pass on that. But like me as a, as I I know I'm a, a Colts fan. But I also try to be the most objective as all. Well. We uh, he needs to be uh, held accountable for those uh, uh, meetings that he had, bottom free agency and a, a draft. 
I mean, he drafted for his job this year, or Ballard did 100%. Like, he, it, this is not, oh, this is not, like, if, if Richardson ends up being, like, an objective fail, like, a, like, an objective failure, like, there's no, like, oh, hey, there were some flashes, we'll go with the next year. Like, if, if it's just, like, a bust and it is just a fucking shit show, or if Richardson is, ends up not being the guy, this that's Ballard's job. Ballard drafted for his job. Can, can I throw another scenario out there? What if uh, JT gets traded, whatever, second, third, whatever, and that mm-hmm. pick that we pick up doesn't turn out who we want, and uh, JT ends up having three years of all-pro, an amazing career, does that also reflect bad on Ballard, or would you guys like an AJ type of thing, like when it came um... to him being, him being uh, sacked there? Uh, because you of the answer out the locker room. So I don't think I think, I think it's the quarterback. I don't think JT if if I, Ballard I gets a second infinitely weighted heavier than if JT starts balling out for whoever we trade for. Yeah, us. Like, yeah. If if Ballard gets a second out of JT, but this year we suck, like I don't know. I, I think if, if 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 it's anything outside well, of the top five picking, Ballard will get his job for next year, but he is on the hottest seat. For sure. I will say though, like let's be honest, with Richardson, I, I was talking to a Steelers fan earlier, like he said they're telling me Kenny Pig is better than Richardson, which you want to argue that right now, that's fine. That's cool. But at the end of the day, like the AFC is so damn tough. Like someone said, go trade for just or for not for Justin Fields, for uh CJ Stroud. At the end of the day, CJ Stroud might be good. He'll be the he'll be like a Dak Prescott or a, a Kirk Cousins, but in the AFC, like you cannot win a Super Bowl with that. The NFC, the only reason that's working out is because that, that conference is straight trash. They have the 49ers and the Eagles. That's it. Like, that is all they have. So, I mean, when we look at the AFC, you have to have someone, unfortunately, that's boomer bust. Lamar Jackson, Josh mm-hmm. Allen. Two, two, hold on. But hold on. Two-minute uh, two warning, by the way. Two-minute warning. This is this narrative is so crazy because it's your people are literally going off this, like, we need an alien because he's a, he can run and this and that. But, like, that doesn't win Super Bowls, and it never has. It's never won a Super Bowl ever, not once in the history right? of ever. But so, let's like, realize the word You need a prolific – no, you need a prolific passer. If At, Trout, in today's game, though, is a pro- Hurts got there. Yeah. Hurts got no. there, man. We're okay, transitioning. And, realize that the NFL is becoming different. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just, as, it's yeah. just not like it's. Uh, God, you don't need a prolific. You are correct because you are correct that nobody has. You're correct historically, but I don't you think have, it is. You have, is where you we're have going. to have a very good. You have to have a very good passer, or because the last person to beat Mahomes in the playoffs is a prolific passer, bro. Or you have to have just a ridiculously stacked team and a very well, like. What even Jalen Hurts is a very good passer. And he's got very good weapons and everything. But, like, like I'm just curious. So, last question, because we have one minute left. What do you, I want to know what everyone in here thinks a- AR's rookie season completion percentage is going to be. I'm it'll just curious. Like low. It'll probably be like 54%, but that's 60. not in the of his career. 60. You have to realize, we talked about this. Accuracy is probably when you have a, a wide receiver one. I can't believe you guys think that he will be one of the Every only quarterbacks ever quarterback to see their completion that. percentage go up. Okay, so listen, can we can we make a bet if the if Justin Fields because this isn't even close related, if Justin Fields has a fucking standout season because of DJ Moore, you got to eat crow, dog. I don't, I want you to post some weird shit like you got to whatever I mean, fucking Justin Fields is got to wear the jersey. But I don't I'm know why. Justin right Fields now, isn't good. Yeah. But you look at every single one of these quarterbacks that's mobile. Right, and they get a wide receiver one, they're going to do better. Why? Because that wide receiver one is going to create that 
separation that's going to make the passing game easier for that quarterback. The, pr- the problem is AR is such a worse passer than all of them ever were. So just which is going to take assume, time to develop. But you have to but, so 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 it's just so when you say that we need this alien, you know, we needed a, a, someone who was very good at passing because for AR to become good at passing to become a good quarterback, we'd have to see improvements we've never out of the, seen before. Out of the top so that's five where, quarterbacks, Burrow, Allen, Lamar, uh, who am I forgetting? Name me a couple. Rodgers. Uh, Holmes. All of them have – Rodgers is more – I mean, Rodgers is mobile, but out of those four guys, uh, you look at all of them, and none of them are going to be prolific pass. Maybe Patrick Mahomes is a prolific passer, right? Oh, yes. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. But these but guys he, are all he's, a pro- he's an improviser. He's the one guy that you look at. Yeah, he doesn't he, just play quarterback. He, is, he makes he's not, plays. He's like a four nine guy. He's not even. He's not fast or anything. He's mm-hmm. just. Yeah, he's able to maneuver. But he's but able to maneuver and get out fun. of the pocket. And he makes he, plays. Yes, but he doesn't play just an, quarterback. He, he, okay, muted, muted everybody here. Uh, appreciate the candor. It is a few minutes past midnight, so I'm gonna uh, shut this down. Have to work tomorrow. Appreciate everybody for hopping on. Uh, really means a lot um, to have this space and uh, have this kind of turnout on midnight on a Wednesday. Uh, unfortunately, the circumstance is again JT um, yet again making the news to not be able to talk about such things uh, like quarterback completion percentage, Richardson uh, outlook on the season because of um, JT. So appreciate everybody hopping on. Uh, I may put this on Spotify going forward, so I'll tag everybody before I do and make sure um, everybody's okay with that, that speaks. And if not, I can mute out your part for sure. Um, we'll see if we can expand this because it has been growing on the spaces and it's not without um, diehard fans like all of you. So I appreciate the conversation, whether I agree with it or not. It's, it's great to have uh, all sorts of Colts opinions in here and um, it's going to be an exciting season, exciting tomorrow. Uh, I'll have a halftime, not post-game in the preseason because we'll see all what we need to see to talk about um, at the halftime show tomorrow. So I'll have a halftime. Please hop in there and um, we'll talk through most of the third quarter, I expect, um, unlike a few weeks past where I've had uh, other obligations to do. So appreciate everybody hopping on. Uh, again, really does mean a lot, um, whether I agree with you or not. So I'll tag everybody here. Might try and get these on Spotify, so hopefully that's uh, not a not an issue with everybody. But I'll uh, reach out to everybody who spoke on here to make sure that's okay with them before I do. But can't thank you guys enough, and uh, been been a whirlwind since eight thirty. So thank you everybody for joining, and I'll see you at halftime tomorrow. Thanks everybody for tuning in, and as always, go Colts! Thanks for listening. This space was downloaded via spacesdown.com. Visit to download your spaces today.